Hey, good morning, Monstropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! What can I say? The camera loves me. Shall we begin? After you, Junior. Oh, and I left the thumbnail up. Welcome to Logged It. Um, we got episode 49 here. The dog decided to jump up right before the program started, so I thought I'd uh, get him on camera at least once before we get going. Bucky, say hello to all four people that are going to watch this tonight. Bucky. No? Okay, fine. Uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, we're talking about a really fun topic tonight. Best uh, directors working today. There have been, there's been some contention in the chat as to what that means. Not really. Uh, but it's going to be whatever we want to put on that list. Best working today. Uh, so I'm very excited about this. We had a lot of interest in this topic. So thank you all for being here. Uh, we got a really fun panel for you. None of which who have been on this month. So movie of the month will be all new for us tonight too. So looking forward to it. Michael, uh, you are here for the first time in a while, I believe. You've been on the show though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was on like a month and a half ago for oh. like best 2022. But like that was, oh, yeah. this is like yeah, my third right. time I roll. But you know, it's a... Uh... Good to be here. So I was going to make sure I was going to be like, what is Bucky doing right now? But then you opened on him. So, you know. Yeah, he's chilling. He's yeah. watching Bob's uh, Burgers. Yes, he was. Well, well he was. Just, I like, took it off. But. If he starts like drooling over the food, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, Brian, you are also here. How are you? I'm just fine. I've been here plenty. So you, you see me all the time. <laughs> this is true. Um, Jake, welcome. How are you, sir? I am doing well. I'm a little tired, and uh, but I'm, I'm ready here, and I feel like I need to redeem myself over the last time I was on because I forgot that my mom was taking me out to go shopping, and so I had to leave like 20 minutes oh, that's right. uh, during the, <laughs> the episode, so I will redeem myself, and I'll be here for the whole thing. Perfect. Uh, and then, Scott, you are here as well. Uh, how are you doing, sir? I've also left an episode of Logged It Early, weirdly enough. So uh, we've got the the burnouts uh, here. I feel like those tonight, were but... really close together too. Yeah. Like Jake, what was your episode that that happened with you on? That was the best uh, the, uh, theater experiences, or like the movies that you'd want to see in the cinema. Oh, that's right. That's oh, yeah. a great episode. That is a great episode. And then whoever did, whoever did it first set the precedent, and then now it's just like anyone can get away with it. I guess. Let's just so say there's a reason you're on the bottom row. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I'll leave in the middle of the show. Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome to Log It. We're gonna kick this thing off with the way that we uh, we do every week, which is we're gonna talk about our favorite movie that we logged this week. So, Michael, why don't you kick us off uh, with your favorite movie that you logged this week? Uh, yeah, so this will be interesting. So, I logged one movie in the past, like, week and a half, uh, which I'll talk about next segment. So, I there are a couple movies I wanted to watch. And then, but I sort of, to quote Cody Newberry, I didn't, I didn't want to watch something just for, like, logged it. You know, I just, I wanted to come in with, like, you know, no sort of parameters. I need to talk about this. I want to watch with the free mind. Um, so I didn't watch anything. So technically I did log this instead of movie. It's a thing. I think Scott, I think actually Brian knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm going to choose the first season of succession, which I did log a couple of days ago. Um, so 
you know, the, the reason I hadn't watched my, many movies is because I was watching Succession. I'm halfway through season two at the moment. Uh, I don't know if anyone's chosen a season of TV before, but, you know, fuck it. I, um, I have. I talked about the Queen's Gambit, and I was oh. ridiculed. I was ridiculed. So, but I won't ridicule you. Go on. Uh, yeah, this uh, this uh, first season is freaking great. Uh, it's like obviously one of the most talked about shows. There's like a lot of, uh, I think King Lear is like the Shakespeare play where it's like all the children are sort of fighting for the new reign. Right? Is that the right play? I'm thinking of. Sure. Um, anyway, right. like, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like obviously. Uh, it's sort of loosely based off like Rupert Murdoch and just sort of uh, an old man sort of hanging on to sort of grasping on his straws about like this, his media mogul and empire. Um, and there's a lot of like, just it's, it's very darkly comedic. Um, there's a lot of backstabbing. Um, it's just great drama and comedy. Um, the first scene is interesting where like a lot of the episodes revolve around like events so there's like a thanksgiving episode there's like a charity episode um the the season ends on like on a wedding so you know like shit's gonna go down um and you know spoilers without context i'm not gonna say specifically but basically ends with a chappaquiddick which is like it's just fucking devastating for uh the character <laughs> um and it's just incredible and i'm halfway through some season two and loving it as well so i might talk about that the next time i'm on this show uh but yeah succession season one if you haven't seen it i, I recommend it uh i don't see this on your letterbox so well, Pucky, I, didn't, I didn't say i loved it on letterbox that's what i said scott and brian i think know what app i'm talking about <laughs> what is this app serialized it's basically letterbox for TV shows. I'm gonna keep oh, it. Mm. But, uh, it's, oh, okay. it's, it's it's very basic. It's got a lot of the growth to do, but it's it's still kind of cool to keep track of stuff. Yeah, no, fair. Uh well then shame, sir. It's not on letterbox. Shame. I thought it was on letterboxd. I got excited. Uh because uh yeah, some mini series and stuff like have been on letterbox. Yeah. And if it, it my my theory or my my strategy always I know that like Cody hates this so, but if it's on Letterboxd I'm okay with logging it. Uh, when I rank like 2022, I'm not gonna rank Miss Marvel and Moon Knight and stuff because they're not movies. But if it's on there for me to log, I'm gonna log it. So that's always been my strategy. Um, I've heard really good things about this. Um, uh, I haven't watched it yet. It's on HBO, right? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things, but in the uh, the world that is my life of ingesting content, um, when you could watch Succession, which is a three-season show, very long, uh, where you're going to start it and your wife is going to go, oh, I wanted to watch that. Or you could watch Bob's Burgers for the third time. It's, it's yep. easier to watch Bob's Burgers. But I'll get there eventually. I, I do want to <laughs> see it. I've heard very good things. Uh, Brian. Uh, this is uh, on my very long list of TV shows that I'm meaning to get, meaning to watch and get into. Um, I did not realize they were already three seasons in, so that means I'm really far behind. They're only like ten episodes a season, though, so it's not crazy, crazy. I, I just started watching The Boys, and uh, I started it a month ago, and I've watched six episodes. So, have you watched Invincible yet? No. This is my point. I, you remember, remember when I told you like a year ago to watch Invincible and then you like thought I was talking about the Disney. I thought movie. you were talking about the Disney live action <laughs> sports film starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Uh, Jake, have you watched Succession? 
Uh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if I consider myself anti-TV, but I kind of just don't really care for, like, the big you TV are. shows that... I, yeah, I, I guess I am. <laughs> We've had discussions about this. He'll, um, watch, but... he'll fucking binge-watch The Mentalist, but, like... Oh, wait, I, 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 I got halfway through two, season two, and then I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Um, I'm too busy playing Pokemon. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Just TV shows, just, it's just, it's got to have a hook, and Secession just hasn't really, like, really appealed to me. And I'd rather, if I had a choice between watching... a TV show and, and a movie. I'm gonna pick a movie. So yeah, no, that's, that's how. I, now that you can log it, you know you might. Well, I'll, I'll get serialized. And yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, have you watched this? Uh, I've not. I will say, as somebody who once uh, went to considerable effort to add like a 55 minute Waxahachie concert special to Letterboxd, I am not going to be a snob about anyone adding random stuff to Letterboxd. Uh, it's still on there, by the way. A uh, few people have rated it, but um, no, uh, my brother and dad watch this. My best friend watches this. Everyone says it's amazing. But I seem to only watch TV shows that get like canceled after one season. Yes. Um, it's it's happened in like many times in the last five years. Was it high fidelity. I, right? I, yeah, I will never shut up about high fidelity getting canceled after one season. That I've that had friends really... actually request I don't watch shows because they know it will get canceled if I do. So <laughs> <laughs> broke my heart when that happened. But I I I might watch it eventually. But yeah, it is a commitment. Yeah, I I. Uh... Probably the most cardinal sin I ever made in this community was uh, showing Caleb Boatman and Caleb Coho how to add uh, things to Letterboxd. Yeah. Uh, because I added the film I made in high school when I was in high school to Letterboxd, because that's how long I've been on the app. And one day I said, yeah, this is how you do it. And uh, oh boy. And then they showed yeah. Nazario, and now we're all just... The worst of Caleb Coho is the greatest short film. Uh, well, okay. Uh, anyway... Now, let's move on to Brian. Brian, what do you got for your favorite movie that you watched this week? Um, you know, my favorites, a couple of my favorites this week were actually rewatches, but I tend to like to talk about uh, first-time watches on here. And I'm actually going to go with a movie that uh, is coming out this week, and that is The Gray Man. Um, it's hitting Netflix on Friday or late Thursday night, however you want to look at it. Uh, it is playing in some Cinemark and Marcus theaters for like a week engagement, uh, as they've been doing with some of their, some of their bigger movies. Um, so I managed to go see this in a the theater this week. Um, after tagging along with my wife to a different city that was actually playing it. Um, this is a movie, it's it's um, directed by the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo, who of course you know from mainly their MCU stuff. Uh, it stars uh, Ryan Gosling, is basically uh, a guy who was a criminal who was recruited out of jail, basically told, you know, we can get you out of your, out of your sentence, you can get out of jail, but you got to come work for us with the CIA in like this kind of secret, you know, uh, special ops team. Uh, as an operative there. Um, and then there's uh, the, the villain is played by Chris Evans, um, uh, who is, as I said in my letterbox review, he's having more fun here than I think he's had in any role since Scott Pilgrim when he was playing Lucas Lee. He's just really chewing up the scenery. Um, he gets to like let loose and be a you know a bad guy after you know basically being Captain America for the past 10 years or whatever. Um, Ryan Gosling, I will say, uh, I also said in my review, he uh, gets to play kind of shades of his nice guy's character because um, Ryan Gosling, I think, doesn't get to show his comedic side a lot, you know, a little glimpses of it here and there. But in this movie, he gets to show a lot of his comedy, kind of that dry wit that he has, uh, as well as the action. The action scenes in this, I will say, this is apparently the most expensive movie that Netflix ever made. And it actually shows here. Um, I don't know if it's worth as much money as they spent on it. Um, 
but the action sequences are phenomenal. I mean, there's there's like nine or ten major action sequences in the movie, and every one of them is like big scale things. And that's one thing I love about this movie is it's a Netflix movie, but it doesn't look like a Netflix movie. I mean, most of them have that look where you kind of can tell it was just made for Netflix. Um, or even when they try and do big budget, like when they did Red Notice, you know, it, you could tell the whole thing was filmed in front of blue screen. It just kind of had an artificial look to it. This one looks and feels like a real movie. Um, it, it, I, I thought it looked great. I think the action is great. The score in it, I thought was especially good. Uh, the supporting cast from Anna de Armas especially gets to show and uh, get in a lot of the action. And then uh, after they wasted her in No Time to Die, um, Alfrey Woodard is in this. Um, Kellen Mulvey, who is in, uh, you might know from a lot of the MCU stuff that the Russo brothers did, he was in there. Um, it's just a, it's just a fun action movie. I mean, it's not a flawless movie. It's not a five star masterpiece. I think I gave it four stars out of five on Letterboxd. But it is, uh, it's just a lot of fun, and I recommend that people watch it. And uh, yeah, don't watch it on your phone. Watch it on the biggest TV you can. Yeah, uh, I was just saying before the show that there is a theater about forty five minutes away from me playing this, um, and. It, so I'd like to go tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it, but um, if I if I am able to go, great. Uh, but otherwise, I do have a 75 inch TV at home that I can watch it on. So I, either way, I'm gonna I, clearly I would rather see it in the theater. Um, but uh, I'm gonna watch it this week for sure. I'm I'm excited to see it. I I like Chris Evans as a villain, um, especially after Knives Out. Um, and Scott Pilgrim, I think he's really good in those like in those types of roles. Um, I haven't actually seen like any trailers or anything for this. I saw like one like thirty second ad that played during like Screen Vision opening like before a movie, um, but I haven't seen any trailers or anything. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know much about the plot beyond what you just said, Brian. Um, and I, I like the Russo brothers. Um, like obviously, I like. They've made some of my favorite MCU movies with Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Civil War, Endgame. Um, I, I didn't hate Cherry like everyone else did. Everyone kind of tore that thing to shreds. Um, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was good, though. Like, I think I gave it, like, three stars and said that it was, like, I thought Tom Holland was really good in it. But, like, nothing about, the, it, honestly, the directing in that movie was the weakest element. So... I think if they're just doing like the big action stuff in this and you've got Ryan Gosling and you got uh, Chris Evans and Anna Dare Moss, like I'm, I'm signed up for it. I'm ready to go. Uh, Jake, are you going to watch this? Um, probably not. Unless I come over and see my parents and my dad was like, Hey, you want to go just watch put this on? And then we, we watch it together. Like, um, cause we did that with Red Notice last year and that was the only uh, motivation I had for watching Red Notice is if, <laughs> if I was just going to, watch it with my dad and just dad to yeah, kill the this time. is so much better than red nose well not i'm not i'm not gonna compare <laughs> the quality but just as far as like bu- giant big budget netflix i still uh, haven't seen red film. notice it's a dime. Uh, you know, are there gonna be like seven of them yeah the next one is white notice and then blue notice the reverse well, this, uh, this is, this is reverse apparently based on a book series so i think they leave it open so they could make yeah, more i don't know if they will a, or not so if it's a success yeah. they will but i don't know We'll see. Boy. But I don't know. Gray Man just I saw the trailer once and then I was like, yeah, and then we'll see. But I will have to kill time if I if I <laughs> want to watch this movie. So uh Scott, what about you? Not super interested in it to be honest. Um I I'm not I'm just not generally a fan of Netflix's like original output outside of, you know, like their 
prestige awards movies like the power of the dog or something like that um i just that you know i I didn't watch red notice but like extraction the old guard these other like similar type movies they just didn't really do it for me um even with a good director yeah even with a good director like the old guard had but um yeah so who directed that one gina prince Prince bythewood but i think that the woman king that's coming out Oh, that looks that looks good. Yeah, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, I didn't watch Old Guard, but I watched Extraction, and I was like, Mm. I will, I will just say though that this movie does not need me to watch it because in like a week we're going to be hearing how this is like the most watched movie in the history of streaming media, probably. So um, that's going to pop up. Yeah, Uh, Michael, what about you? Uh, yeah, like I don't think it's going to be playing in theaters here, but I actually didn't know Anna Armas was in it, so you know I might watch of her, but. Um, also, like Triple Frontier was like sick. That's a Netflix. Original. That's a good. I, I, um, I do yet. like that one. That's, that's good. Um, but Tim, I do want to ask you a question. How do you yes. feel about uh, your boys' comments about uh, movie uh, theaters uh, uh, this week? Oh <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not happy. Yeah, <laughs> not, not happy. Was not pleased when I saw that. Um, okay, let's go to Jake. Why don't you give us your pick for favorite movie to watch this week? I mean, this is tough because I've watched a lot of. A lot of movies that I like, but I don't know if I would say like if it's a, the one that I like. I don't, there's not like really like the number one movie where I go, oh yeah, this is definitely the, the best one I've watched. So I'm trying to think of just personal preference and just how I feel in the moment. In the moments, uh, I'm going to you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go with uh, a film that I hadn't seen in a long time, and I really wanted to watch it again. Um, and I had a really great experience watching it. Uh, I'm talking about Harmony Kareem's uh, 2013. If you can't release uh, date, uh, Spring Breakers. Uh, yes, oh look at me and smite me. Uh, I, I just I remember seeing this film back in 2013 um, when it came out, and you know I mean I'm, I grew up a Disney Channel kid. I, I watched Wizards of Waverly Place and and uh, the High School Musical films and all that sort of stuff, and it was kind of interesting to see a a, a, a turn for. Um, for uh, what's literally blank? Vanessa Hutchins and Selena, Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yeah, I was about to blank on the two people I was talking about. Um, and yeah, I took it. It was a very <laughs> interesting experience when I was uh, fifteen, seeing that movie, and that sort of like opened. That was kind of that year was kind of like me opening up to other movies that weren't like Hollywood films and finding out that oh wait, you can actually do a lot more with uh, with with filmmaking and and cinema. So cut to now and having not seen it in a while, it was just kind of like, I, you know, I've grown up. It's, it's well, almost 10 years since I first saw it. And it's just really euphoric of an experience. It ha- it's very low in narrative, but it's more just about the experiential um, sort of feeling that you kind of get from watching the movie and the sequence of events. Like, it's just, it's, it's, for the characters, the idea of spring break is sort of like a paradise, like a like just a, a per, not a purgatory, but more just like a heaven. Sort of, this is a, a place of paradise, and them to be free from reality. And there's a lot of just great cinematography. Um, the guy who shot the movie is Gaspar Noé's DP, um, like on Enter the Void and Climax, and he just there's some gorgeous-looking uh, sunset shots throughout the movie. And um, I just think um, James Franco is <laughs> incredible as Alien. Um, it's it's a very he's a big character, and, it, and I feel like if it was any other movie, it would not work. But for a film like this, it just it, it totally works. So when he when they go and see his his mansion, 
and he just has Scarface on repeat and just all these guns on the walls and just look at my shit. It's just like he's just doing whatever he wants. I mean, it's it's fucking great. Um, And also just there's one beautiful and well, it is kind of trashy, these characters. I mean, they rub a convenience store to pay for their spring break. Um, There's a beautiful uh, sequence where uh, Alien is is on the piano playing um, Every Time by Britney Spears. And it just has this montage of them in slow motion uh, breaking and, and stealing shit from other people. And it's just like this really great montage and the juxtaposition, I just think, is really beautiful. Um, and I just had a, a really fun time watching it, to be honest. So, I yeah, I thought this was the best movie I saw this week. Sorry. Um, I saw this in the theater when it came out in 2013. Um, and I I remember going to it on a whim because I was waiting for the next showtime of Evil Dead. And uh, I had seen Evil Dead remake in the theater like eight times. Great movie. Don't it, it, It's fantastic. Great remake. Uh, and I was like, I'll see Spring Breakers. Sure, why not? And, uh, well, I did not have a good time. Uh, high School Tim did not like this movie. Uh, <laughs> high School Tim was not a fan of Spring Breakers. Uh, can't tell you if adult Tim would enjoy it. Uh, but I'm willing to put money that he wouldn't. Uh, his, his tastes haven't changed that much in 10 years, but you need to watch yeah. with Maggie. You know? if, That's an- if I watched this with Maggie, she would leave. <laughs> she straight up. She, I like, she would hate. She, I don't think do you like James Franco. Yeah. She just went, eh. no, she would not enjoy this movie at all. Um, it, yeah. It, it, it's not, it's not a 10 movie at all, but I've seen it and I, I can respect some of the uh, filmmaking behind it, but no, not for me. Um, Scott, what about you? What do you think of this one? Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. I I watched it not long after it came out. So I will say, you know, my taste is not as refined, was not as refined as it probably is now. So I might be able to get something more out of a rewatch. But um, yeah, I don't know. At the time, it kind of struck me as uh, full of sound and fury signifying nothing, uh, to, to quote Shakespeare. That was kind of my take on it. All right, Michael, what about you? Uh, yeah, like I saw this again. I haven't seen this in ages. Actually, I'm on Blu-ray. Um, and yeah, sort of sort of like Scott where it's like I sort of dug it, but I haven't seen it in ages. I honestly have no idea. But Jake describing it as euphoric um, tracks because Euphoria like owes this movie a lot, uh, the show, because uh, they just basically aped its style. Um and again, look at my shit. Look at my shit. That's that's great. I love that question. Uh, Brian, have you seen this? I have. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time trashing someone else's pick uh, because you know, like Jake said, like that my, my pick is not his style of movie. This is clearly not my style of movie. Um, it, it, I went and saw it uh, largely because of you know the cast I liked in it, and I did not have a great time. Um, it probably would have been one of my worst films of the year if it had not been followed up like two months later by bling ring which was even worse uh so <laughs> yeah so that that, that was not a great bad. you know spring early summer period there for movies for for me um but but yeah i mean i i can understand why some people would like it but it's just clearly not my style all right um we're gonna move on then to scott your pick for favorite movie a lot this week 
All right. Um, so like Brian, I usually try to pick a first time watch, but I was on vacation last week. Didn't have great internet where I was. So I only got to watch a couple of movies. And so I'm picking a rewatch, but a movie that I hadn't rewatched in a long time. I watched it on the plane actually coming back from vacation. Uh, it was one of my favorite movies years ago. And honestly, after rewatching it, it's still pretty high up there for me. And that's Michael Clayton. Um, I love this movie. And it's the type of movie that I seriously worry in like five to 10 years, are they still going to be making this type of movie? Cause it's like, you know, a Warner brothers, big studio movie with an A-list movie star, but it's like a freaking, you know, legal drama where nobody's in a courtroom. It's all just like guys sitting in rooms, talking to each other. And um, it's just like a adult drama basically um, with, you know, uh, uh, high quality actors, A-list actors, and like a, you know, director, writer, director, and Tony Gilroy, who has worked on blockbuster stuff like the Bourne movies, obviously. Um, so this movie is just, yeah, it's such a intelligent movie. Like the way, you know, Tony Gilroy's dialogue just really, um, it, it feels like the way that these characters who are all pretty smart people would talk, but it never like distances, I think, a conventional audience from the movie. Um, it, you're still like right there in the middle of all the tension um, in all of these scenes. And just um, again, I think the dialogue is just really strong. They captures the tension really well in some of, um, you know, be between some of the characters. Obviously, the performances are fantastic by George Clooney and Tom Wilkinson and Tilda Swinton. All three of them are just really throwing heaters in this movie. Um, obviously, Tilda Swinton won an Oscar. Um, and the movie was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Um, it's, yeah, it, it's it's a really, like, gripping movie, despite nothing, like, I guess there is an explosion. But um, other than that, you know, nothing super action-packed, blockbustery. Even the trailer any, shot. You know. Yeah, <laughs> anything like that happens um, in the movie. Um, and like I said, I just wonder if this type of movie will be made in a few years. So in that regard, maybe it'll end up being a relic, but I think it's a... It's a fun relic and a movie that I'm really glad I went back to because I think it holds up just as well um, as, it, as it did for the first few times for me that I watched it back in the day. Yeah, um, I have always heard of this movie. I've always seen it pop up um, on lists and whatnot, and I remember when it came out, but I, I've never seen it. Um, it's one that I want to watch. Hey, chill out, my God. Uh, I always wanna wanted to watch it. I always got this one confused with the Ides of March, which I know they're not like similar, mm. like at all. But like, just <laughs> I like can totally see that, yeah. I, I and I and I've seen that one, but I haven't seen this, and I and I will watch it better. eventually. But yeah, yeah I, and I've heard that, but Figured I just much. just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. Why don't you go? Um. And I wish I could speak more intelligently on this movie. I, I, I saw it back when it came out in what 2007, I think it was. Um, and I remember really, I remember enjoying it, especially I remember really enjoying the performances. I remember uh, Tilda Swinton and, my, and um, Tom Wilkinson, especially. I really liked in this film. Um, but honestly, I, I don't remember much of it. Um, I, I can agree with, with Scott that I think that this is the kind of movie that's maybe an endangered species kind of thing. I think these kind of movies will still be made. Uh, whether or not they'll be released in theaters is a different question. Yeah. I think you'll see them show yeah. up on like Amazon and Netflix and things like that, which, which I mean, is a shame because it's still, I still like going to see every kind of genre, you know, back in a big, in the big screen. Uh, uh, Jake, why don't you talk about this one? 
Uh, I haven't seen this in oh, a fair amount of time, eight, seven, eight years now. Um, I saw this specifically because it won Tilda the Oscar, and I think undoubtedly she's my favorite actress ever. Uh, so I definitely felt like I needed to see uh, the Oscar win. Um, and I don't know if it might, and like what Scott was saying about Spring Breakers, my taste has definitely evolved over the years. Um, I definitely was kind of confused by the story and I was a wee long, young lad and uh, should probably rewatch this movie now that I'm an, an adult and can understand movies better. Um, yeah, it's one of those films where I really like that it just, it sticks to its core, like as far as like storytelling and the fact that it's like it's for adults. Um, and the fact that I should have probably um, rewatched this movie tells me that I am I'm at least interested in kind of getting back into it and just you know wanting to follow what more more what's going on. But I do remember thinking Clooney was just excellent. I mean, he's one of those character actors who just always has such great charisma. Um, even if it's a character like this, is a little not different from other characters he's played um i think wilkinson's also just really like is this kind of the standout of the movie and kind of just the paranoia that kind of gets to him throughout the film um i mean there was no way he was going to beat um javier bardem but it is like a a worthy um oscar uh, nominated performance um and also it's just kind of interesting to me because this came out the same year as ultimatum and gilroy had written the previous um born films and i think he even wrote ultimatum um and then like five years later he directs legacy um, so I just find that kind of interesting. It's like, you know, I'm just going to go back and no one wants to see my adult film. I'm just going to go back and make, you know, the, an, another Bourne film. So this movie did make 93 million on a $20 million budget. So All right, well, uh, I stand most of that was probably spent on the actors too, honestly. So, yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> but again, it will never make 93 million again. Like if it got oh, no, out today, yeah. no, if, that, like, if this movie came out today, it would be on Netflix or something like yeah. that. Yeah. This is a total like streaming service sort of yeah, mm-hmm. movie for the adults. Uh, Michael, what about you? Uh, first of all, uh, Jake, uh, watch your mouth when you talk about Bond Legacy. First of all, uh, second, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I again, I've only seen this once too, and I feel like this movie definitely would benefit from a rewatch. Um, like uh, Jake and Eric were saying, like the paranoia that uh, seeps into this film is just really great, and yeah, it's just a very uh, sort of it feels like a very calming movie, even though it's like it's not that, it's just pleasant to watch um and i've this is one of those classic ones where it's like oh yeah i've been meaning to rewatch that for like two years and maybe eventually i'll, I'll get to it but uh yeah so really good also uh character has a really great first name so shout out to that sorry i was uh we, we were parenting uh um, okay, so we are going to move on to my pick. Um, this is actually something that we talked about probably a month ago now, and then I just rewatched it this week with Maggie. I wanted her to see it. Uh, Cha-Cha, Real Smooth. Um, there are a lot of movies that I've liked that I've talked about, but the last time we talked about this on the show, it was uh, – uh, I don't remember who brought it up, but uh, I know Scott brought it up back in Boatman January. Boatman might have brought it up. And then I went and saw it that night and loved it and uh, rewatched it this week with Maggie. Uh, she loved it too. It, it's just, it's, it's one of those, I, I, people are comparing it to Coda because they're both Apple. They're both the, the it's it, a weird it, comparison. It is, but th- that's what I'm here is people are like comparing them and like, as like the crowd pleasing, like Apple 
uh, Sundance picks that they're that they're picking up. What? What? You didn't see Cha Cha real smooth. You were sleeping. Um, but the movie's excellent. I got to see it in the theater, which I loved. But watching it at home and watching it with Maggie kind of uh, put it up in a bit of a different light. Like I, I don't know if the, if you guys get this sometimes. Where like when I saw it in the theater, it felt really long but in like a good way like i was sitting there and i was like wow like i want so much time with these characters like i I was just like totally invested and then all of a sudden like watching it at home it went by like that like it felt like it was like a 45 minute movie like all of a sudden like i don't want to spoil have you all seen it no brian hasn't okay um but basically the scene that gets where the title like that has the, the song that has cha-cha real smooth or whatever. I don't know. The song cha-cha slide. Cha-cha, so, yeah. cha-cha slide. Yeah. Yeah. But that scene, yeah. like to me, when I was Happy in the hands. theater, when I was in the theater, I was like, Ooh, this is like, like climb almost climax of the movie. And it felt like it was so, and all of a sudden we were just there at home. I don't, I, it was just like a weird thing that I picked up on. Like, um, but overall, I think this this movie is just really special. Like, I don't think I love it as much as like Coho and Boatman do, who are like saying that this is like the most relatable movie they've like. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like three years older than them, and I don't understand what they're talking about there. Like, if they relate to it and they feel good about it, like all all on that, hey. like good 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 shit. But for me, I just really like the care the the lead character, um, and uh, the the main trio really. Um, Cooper Rafe and then Dakota Johnson and Dakota Johnson's daughter. Um, the the girl who plays um, the daughter in this, I think, is just so good. Like, I, I, I just love the representation um, for autistic autism and autistic people that they show on screen. And I, I like again, there's there's just stuff in the movie that like I don't want to spoil it, but like the way some of these characters like rally around these people it was it was just heartwarming like it just felt it was it was it was one of those things that just like <laughs> that was just really good um and i don't know it just felt nice to watch a movie where like yes the lead character is also like he has moments of like being an asshole like he's a 22 year old just out of college guy in the movie that's just like there are like people at that age and myself included are going to do stupid stuff sometimes and make, make stupid decisions. One in particular, when he like finds out that his girlfriend is like maybe dating somebody else, but he just got together with another girl too. And he's like pissed about it. It's like, that is something that a 20 year old would, would be upset about. Uh, And so I just, I like the authenticity of the movie. It, It feels very real. Um, from beginning to end and I just I really liked it about it and also it was fun Maggie had no idea that Cooper Rafe was the writer director during the movie so like it was it wasn't until towards the end and when I said man do you think that Cooper Rafe was just like sitting there like oh I'm gonna write myself like a really like sexy scene with like Dakota Johnson and Maggie was like he wrote this movie I'm like yeah, he 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 directed it too, and she's like, "What?" So yeah, uh, it's a really good movie. I think everybody's kind of been talking about it. I I implore everybody to see it. I don't think everybody's gonna love it. Give it five stars, like the way that I did, but I do think that it's a movie everybody should see because I think it does say some important stuff um, about just like life and 
love and everything. I think it's super important. So, uh, Michael, did you watch this? Uh, I did. Yeah. Um, I was uh, looking forward to this uh, quite a bit because I'm a massive, massive fan of uh, Shit House. Which um, have you seen, Tim? Or... I have not seen it, but okay. I've heard that it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I I actually uh, like Shit House a bit more than Cha Cha. Um, and I've only seen Cha Cha once. Um, but you know, like like I said, you know, this movie hasn't changed my life in the month it's been out. Like it has with some other people. Like it's not <laughs> the most important thing in the history of the world. But you know, fair enough. Um, I like a lot of it. It just didn't really hit me as hard as like something like Shit House, for example. But um, he definitely. You can see the growth in him as a filmmaker from those two movies. I mean, Shit House was made for $15,000. So just naturally, oh, it's going to wow. be a bit more like quality there. That's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, and it doesn't even look, it looks like he was made for $2 million. It's, it's actually really impressive. Um, I really like the character of Joseph, who is Dakota Johnson's like partner. Yes. Um, he's a really mm. fascinating where they're setting him up to be a certain kind of character, but it's not really that. Um, and he's very like, Obviously, being with Dakota Johnson and being sort of the father figure to her daughter, he's is obviously very understanding, understanding and empathetic uh, to Cooper Rave's character. Um, he sort of just knows what the deal is. Um, yeah, and like I said, I I wish the actual cha cha uh, slide moment was like a, about that because it sort of is like a little bit in the background of what the main part of that scene is that's my yeah. own little quibble is that i wish that that was like its own thing that could be like an iconic dance scene but um yeah it's really good um also uh shout to a day oh, yeah that's right uh cooper rafe uh my guy uh you have a day of rush <laughs> like just just get with a day of rush that's you're all good. i'm gonna say you know, <laughs> like you're a good man <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> uh, yeah so yeah it's really good uh brian you said you haven't seen this do you have any interest in it or are you gonna watch it i, I i'm torn i'm, I'm kind of scared to watch it because it's like I've, i hear lots of good things about it but the reviews i read and especially from the people who really enjoy it and especially the ones who are really raving about it my tastes tend to very much differ than theirs so i kind of feel like maybe this isn't a movie for me um I, i'm sure i, I will check it out at some it. point like, um yeah. but like, like i said it's just i i I don't know. <laughs> Just yeah. the it's people are raving a, about it. It's not a super it. big investment in the sense that it's only like an hour or 45 or something. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's a quick... just very quaint. Like it's also yeah, like it's not fair. some people have so like this is the movie for like Zoomers and stuff. Like, I don't know. Maybe yeah, in the sense that it takes place now and it's about a 22, but like it's, I think it's a movie that can be loved by all generations. It's not, um, and it's not. Well, that's, like that's, super that's one of the like I think that made me kind of go. Yeah. Maybe it's not for me. So maybe yeah. if that's well, not same. That, I I even said on logged it when when it was brought up last time that I think I saw that like Payson wrote like this is the movie for the Zoomers that we've been waiting for, and then Scott was like, Tim, you're gonna be fine. Go watch it, and yeah. then I watched it, <laughs> and I watched it, and I seriously like again. If that's how they feel, cool. I I love the movie. The fact that they love the movie too, great. We love it for different reasons, clearly. But I watched it and I seriously sat there and went, I don't understand. I, I guess I don't know the intricacies of 
those people and their deep in, in dark inner feelings. But what do you mean those people? No, I, I mean Payson <laughs> Johnson and Caleb Boatman and Caleb Carl. Like there, I, just, yeah. I just so don't, I just don't understand. What you meant. <laughs> I, I don't understand what they are. And I, I'm actually, I, I told Coho the other day. I brought it up to him. I'm interested to know, like, what did he connect to in the movie? Because clearly we're on. We both love the movie and we're connecting to different things about it. So yeah. um, it. I, I think I what's that? You said it's on Apple? It's on Apple mm-hmm. Plus. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely worth watching. I think everybody should. Uh Jake, have you seen it? Uh I have, yes. I think I saw this specifically because everyone on Letterboxd was logging it and had seen it, and I felt like I needed to be a part of this. Um I have not seen Sh- uh, House. Um I probably will now after seeing this. Um I liked it. I'm not this is not, I guess. If, if I could take something that Caleb Bowman would usually say, this is just not my, this is not a Jake Marangoni movie. This is not really like a, a movie where I, I would go out to watch because it's just yeah. like, it doesn't really have the stuff that I connect to um, and gravitate towards when I when I pick a movie. Um, but I did like it. I really like the character. Um, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking on his name, but Cooper Rafe, he's just like, he's really fantastic in the, as the character. Um, I just really like the, the subtle um, under, underlying. Andrew, um, yeah. I really like the subtle underlying theme that he's kind of an alcoholic or drinks a lot. Um, um, without going too much into detail, he, he drinks on the job, and I was just like, "That's just funny to me." Um, I kind of like that as why, Jake? Sort of, why is that funny? Because I, I I work at a liquor store, and I just find alcohol uh, a, 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 a strong yeah. theme in movies. <laughs> I really like movies that do that. Um, I may be an alcoholic. Who knows? I mean, I say that uh, half jokingly. Um, but I really, there's, I really like the relationship between uh, Dakota Johnson and Cooper Reith, um and the daughter, especially. There's a couple of scenes where I just like, I don't know, I, I don't know anything about that actress, but I just think that she just like perfectly captures a character who would be on the spectrum like that. Like that's just really well done. Um, it's it, I mean, not to quote another movie, but you never want to go, and I feel like that's a perfect line especially for this type of movie um, well i think the I actress really... was autistic oh really yeah she actually so i didn't know this but maggie was reading up on it um and thank you payson for putting that because that actually helps put a lot of it into context for me context, so thank yeah. you um but uh, no maggie was reading up on it that um that she helped him write a lot of the moments okay, with yeah that dealt specifically with her autism um specifically i don't think this is a spoiler but there's a scene where she says that like she enjoys being in a room alone because it helps her de-stress and from being so overwhelmed by the world and there was like a maggie was reading this article where she said that um they like shot the scene or whatever and there's a moment in the scene where she's sitting there and she like does like a hand flinch like thing and she was like I felt like I needed to add that because it was like super like that's that's um, authentic to like that that's what I would do if I was there and so she helped bring a lot of that authenticity to it in the writing with him so I thought that okay. that that's pretty cool. I watched a little insensitive because I definitely did not know she was. No, you're fine. I, I, don't think on, I was like, know. It's fine. yeah, I, yeah. I feel kind of bad that I just was like, she's not Dustin know. Hoffman in Rain Man, so you didn't know. Like. Oh, like I am Sam or something like that. That's yeah, what I was yeah. kind of referring yeah, to. Yeah, like, no. you know, certain actors will go like fully like, into yeah. it and not have an understanding. But okay, well, that just makes me think that her performance is like, yeah, 
really like incredible um yeah i don't know this is a movie that like didn't like fill me up the way it did a lot of people and yeah i do find it kind of um um interesting that like you know a lot of the kingsmen are really like connected to the movie and um all call it's you like their movie. the name oh my god i'm sorry i didn't mean to do it i'm sorry um <laughs> but it's like it's, it's movie of the month for them and I, I i like when that happens but it's never the movie that it's gonna like really connect with me appreciate a lot of the stuff definitely want to check out shit house i might like that one more i don't know if michael you might want to tell me if that's all well, scott will oh uh, i, I think taste. so i think i'd probably have the two like yeah yeah like it's you They're know probably good. yeah so it, yeah. it's um, it's got a lot more so i think a bit of an edge to it maybe that scott uh you've talked about this on the show a mm -hmm. couple times so why don't you give us your quick thoughts on it yeah i don't have much to say except i mean i absolutely love it it's in my top three movies of the year um i don't like know that i relate to it a ton but you know i'm not going to begrudge anyone uh who does connect with it i mean i always say yeah. like for me francis ha is like my you know whatever this is for um yeah. other people and so i'm sure there's probably people who think that that's weird that i've you know think francis ha is that relatable so oh yeah i don't i don't want to make them feel bad that for i'm just no I, and you you're yeah. not i'm just yeah well, I, I might be <laughs> on on accident. I I'll defend be, you, but... Tim. Yeah, we got you. All right. Yeah. So, sort of, um, I, I was, one last thing. I'd sort of what Brian's coming. Was just like, I think sometimes you get mis sort of construed of just like that feeling is like applicable to every generation. So that's sort of where the like saying it's only for this surgery i think that's where Soon the as... message gets a bit yeah. sort of distorted well, just because he because he's that age yeah. now so it, it doesn't yeah. him, where i will still identify with it but not in my current situation but yeah yeah also yeah cooper rafe has written a movie where he's like hooks up with doing galula dakota johnson and dare rush he's going to that's that's what i'm saying that's what keep doing it what would you do that if you were a 24 year old kid like him all right uh we are not chugging right along we're <laughs> taking our sweet time which is okay i like the conversation uh but let's get into our least favorite so michael why don't you kick us off uh because i have a feeling we watched the same movie this week and you're gonna take mine yeah uh <laughs> yeah um so i some people may know some people don't know but i'm a big power rangers fan uh i grew up loving them uh had all the videotapes of all the seasons um uh one season i sort of wasn't really get didn't really get into it was uh the turbo um series um and then a couple months ago like jake watched a certain movie for an onto match and it got me in the mood to want to watch it i just never did and then a certain someone else on this panel watched it last week and i was like you know what fuck it like let's have something in common to talk about i was in the mood um so i watched turbo a power rangers what's the actual yeah, title it's a turbo, turbo a power rangers yeah. movie it just um, rolls right off the tongue yeah uh it's uh not great um it's, i enjoy i can take a lot of power ranger stuff like i think the one time there was a bags uh call we were doing where jake was on where we just watched some power rangers episodes that Jim and Paul, yeah yeah um this is like it's sort of incomprehensible at times it's just made very badly um that the funniest thing I'll, I'll give it this it's hilarious probably but not intentionally where they have like a little kid and every time he morphs he turns into a grown-up and a grown-up has to do like all like a 10 year old like 
actions like yeah let's go it's like a dude who's taller than all the other rangers and it's just hilarious um yes uh there's not really it sort of feels like you're sort of picking a low-hanging fruit but uh yeah it's it's not good um they also there's no really good music and like power rangers have fucking great songs no matter the quality of the show and this doesn't have that at least the cards look so awful <laughs> it's kind of hilarious uh yeah turbo powering to me i recommend it you know if you look good colors i do like the suits though the suits are actually pretty decent not the best um, of that uh, no like decade. they're not the best but they actually like, they look pretty clean and um yeah it's also i do feel for the actor who uh played rocky who's like oh wait we, we got we're making a movie like fuck yeah man actually like you're like no you're gonna be taken over you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna try to kick some guy and then randomly fall out of a yeah. fucking, fucking um, ring. So, uh, sorry about that this could be a big break yeah so. uh yeah guys i have a story for you so um i have a brother-in-law um his name is uh is robert and uh he buys movies on my voodoo i've talked about this uh 18 times before uh and so he buys movies on my voodoo uh i i i watch them then because well i technically own it i feel like i should give the movie the time of day uh so this week's uh choice of hell courtesy of one robert parker was turbo a power rangers movie um my review for this on Letterboxd was, I believe, just the words, I just dot, dot, dot. Like, I, I, I had no words to say. Um, the villain in this? So, like, I don't normally, like, pick... And I don't want to sound like an asshole, but, like, I don't normally pick up on these... Or didn't pick up on these things, I should say, as a kid. Um, but, like, the main villain in this movie is, like, naked oh the woman like, oh yeah she's there for the yeah. dance <laughs> like yeah. the talks what yes. were they doing and i i was just like imagining like i i always watch these movies through the lens of like maggie <laughs> it's just like i could just picture her sitting there going Ugh. Ugh. like the whole time it was just there's just like there's this little like wizard man like running yeah around. he's like, like out of the uh, and like yeah. and <laughs> I know I saw this when I was a kid, but I logged it as a new watch because, like, I just I didn't remember anything about it. But like, oh my god, there's just like I also love the just like there's a part where Rocky is in the in the hospital, right? Um, and the uh, the kid like goes and hides under the bed, and all the other Power Rangers come in and start just like talking shop about being a Power Ranger. Like, you think you would be a little more like careful about your secret crime fightingness uh when you're in the middle of a public space but i guess not anyway just a stupid movie from beginning to end like, there's like also a shot where amy joe johnson is like laying on the beach and it just has her like butt like right yeah there. just it's just staying there the camera shot is just staying there it's it's just it's how we got by michael bay got yeah, right. no it's game. just it's just bad from beginning to end and like again i haven't seen mighty morphin power rangers since i was a kid either but i remember really always enjoying that movie and i didn't really That's watch fun. the show like yeah. i like if it was on tv i would watch it but i was never like i didn't own all the videotapes or anything like that but i remember enjoying mighty morphin power rangers robert didn't buy that one on my voodoo uh, oh, but shit. turbo he got so um yeah it was just a bad time um 
I watched it after a really long day of work. It was oh, not that's the, the worst. It was, that's it was not, the it was, worst. It was not the best. I, I I wanted to watch something short before I went to bed. It was not the best way to end my It's also you know, the same way. Bulk and Skull um like have like a chase scene where they're like on the motorcycle and then out of nowhere they're like are these crowds of people coming behind them it's like where the fuck did these people come from and then they go into like this fish shop and it's like yeah, yeah. wait where are we like I, I, <laughs> it's 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 weird yeah anyway why are you trying to punch me bro um brian have you seen this i have um i have no nostalgia for these at all i've never liked anything i've seen from power rangers is you know I, I think I was obviously too old when it came out, but it's everything I've seen has just been awful. The only thing I remember about this movie is I, uh, when it came out, I, I had a best friend who was a manager at a movie theater, and like every Wednesday night, I'd go there because after close, they'd have to like they get all the movies in that are opening that weekend, and so they'd have to assemble all the reels and they'd watch them to kind of test to make sure everything was good. So I'd go there, and I remember I wanted to see something else that was coming out that week. He's like, "If you want to watch that, you got to sit through this first because I have to watch it." So it's the only reason I saw this movie is because I was forced to watch it. And uh, yeah, I remember nothing about it, but I'm sure it was not good. Uh, Scott, have you ever seen this? Hell no. And I have no desire to watch this. I also <laughs> did not watch Power Rangers, um, you know, any as a kid. So I don't have any nostalgia for it. The only way I would watch it is like if I was on a call with people, for example, which it sounds like is, um, well, no, y'all watched episodes, not the movie, but, you know, same principle. Uh, all right, Jake, go ahead. We want what you I like how you like go ahead, say what you need to say. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> um so I don't know if I've ever really said this on call with uh, with a lot of people, most people, but I was a huge, huge Power Rangers fan when I was four, five. Like, I still have the VHS tapes, I watched the, the OG series, I watched In Space, Lost Galaxy, and Time Force, and I think Wild Force that was like the one I really got into. Um, wow. and Force. That's, yeah, that, that thing's on fucking slaps. Um, but there, there's a there's a there's a, a an old photo of a six year old me dressed as the um the Silver Ranger, um, which was my favorite. Um, but I remember watching this on VHS all the time, renting it from Blockbuster or for the Australians, Video Easy. Um, and Video Easy is great. Um, and finding it to be the most dull even as a kid of the power rangers movies um well at the time there was only oh, there was only two um compared to the uh the one from 95 which i thought was so much fun with ivan news um this one is just like there's very little that happens they find the wizard they go on a ship and then they go to an island and the, the action is just like very little and it's i am terrible <laughs> i don't know if that is is that's need to be said but I had no intention of, of watching this ever again after my watching this all the time as a six-year-old. And the only reason why I watched it was because of an Ontal match, because of RJ and Jeremy Adams. And uh, I did not like that. Um, so thank God we won, uh, because now I have uh, extensive, extensive amount of notes about the movie on my phone that I will keep <laughs> forever, probably, just in case someone decides to use it against me again, or if I use it on them. Um, but... Uh, yeah, the movie's bad. I don't really know if there's anything else that needs to be said. It was basically the pilot uh, for the Turbo show, um, and yeah, that's it, right? Was it was it supposed to be the was it was it supposed to be the pilot for that series, or was it the end, Michael? Because I actually don't. Even know. I can't remember. Like I said, Turbo wasn't really 
one. Yeah, it I was not the one I, I, I watched I like everything else except Turbo, basically. Yeah, Turbo sucked. For so. reasons. And then randomly, like, two ranges, the pink and red range, Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, they're just there. And, from, and, the and yeah, they're just there. They're being kidnapped. <laughs> they turn so. evil at one point, and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's not. Um, okay, so we'll move on. Uh, I'm going to go next. I'm going to keep this very short and sweet. Um, so I have this brother-in-law. Um, <laughs> his his name is Robert. Um, he buys movies on my voodoo sometimes. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, I watched another 1997 uh, comic book superhero crime stop biting me uh, crime based film I watched 1997 Spawn this was also terrible I watched it the same day uh, I watched this before I went to work I watched uh, Turbo when I got home what an awful day I decided to have um, I don't know anything about Spawn uh, but nope <laughs> well, not again. I could see how this could maybe be cool, but um, Bucky, I'm going to end you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this wasn't this wasn't for me. This was really, really, really bad. All the acting is terrible, um, especially when the cast is decent, and yet all of them are just doing the worst jokey performances ever. Uh, Martin Sheen is the villain who's just like walking in everything he says is like this we have to go and do this thing like literally every line and it's just absolutely terrible sounds pretty good honestly yeah uh brian have you seen this i not probably since it first came out um this is a movie that i think is just i, I think if they made it now and i know they keep trying to say they're making it again who knows if it'll ever yeah. get remade like with Jamie Foxx, right? Or I think it could be, yeah, last last I heard. Um, it could be a really good movie. I mean, the thing about the comic when it came out is it was like Image Comics was trying to be like, you know, they they were trying to be a little bit more of the darker, the kind of the edgy, the R-rated kind of superheroes and comics, things like that. And a movie could have been good, but of course, this is back in the age when everything was still PG-13 if it was going to be a comic book. Yeah. It wasn't until the next year that Blade came out, you know, as an R-rated movie. And I think maybe if that had come out first, they would have gone all out with this. But even then, it's like the, the budget wasn't there for the special effects, so it looked really cheesy. Um, I, I like everyone in the cast. I mean, like John Leguizamo, I think, could make a great clown, but it just wasn't very well done. No, in, in not even a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot to mention the worst part about this all, the whole thing. That's... The visual effects. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, my they're bad. God, I was seriously sitting there dumbfounded because the cape, everyone was talking about the cape. It looks bad, but for 1997, okay, I can get by. But all the stuff like in hell, like it, it seriously looked like not even like a PS2, but like not even like PS1. It looked like something that would be on like the cartridge of like an, a Super Nintendo. It looked so unbelievably bad. Maybe the worst visual effects I've ever seen in a movie, straight up. It was worse than Mummy Returns weird creepy Dwayne the Rock Johnson like by a mile like just awful stuff uh Jake have you seen this uh I have not no I only know there's two notorious things about this movie that I know and that's the terrible terrible CGI and John Leguizamo as the clown 
demon. Um, Which I also didn't know it was him until the end of the (laughs) movie. Um, That's all I need to know. Um, I have no intention of watching this movie. Um, I'm I'm dumb. Is this DC or is this just its own sort of... Image comics. It's It's image. Okay, so I don't know if it was fandom. No, it is not in fandom, but it it is in... I think it was in Full Metal Geek and... uh, well, I don't have for Yeah, no, I I had no reason to watch it other than the fact that Robert bought it. You have a crazy brother-in-law who just watches these shit. Who yeah. watches these crap movies, yeah. Uh Scott, what about you? No, and I'm really <laughs> starting to understand why married people hate their in-laws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh no comment. Um, Michael, have you seen this? Uh no, like like a lot of people, my only association with this movie is like being 16, going on YouTube, like top 10 worst CGI like in the movie's <laughs> history, and like this being the top Welcome to Watch Mojo. <laughs> watch Mojo. <laughs> uh. Um yeah, that's basically my only association with this movie. Um, it has always made me morbidly curious, but I've never actually but yeah all right fair enough um let's move over to brian why don't you give us your least favorite movie along this week uh the worst movie i watched the past week has got to be minions the rise of Gru. (laughs) um yeah so i i enjoy the despicable me movies actually all three of them And, and and even the first minions movie while not great i still enjoy it on some level it's it's just dumb fun um, but this one, I you know saw the trailer. It didn't necessarily appeal to me, but my son wanted to see it, so he finally wanted to go this week. So I took him to go see it. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll pretty much just quote my Letterbox review. But I mean, this is a Letterbox based show, so why not? But I, I basically said there are kids movies that adults can enjoy as well, and then there's some that are clearly just made for kids to enjoy. And this one is firmly in that latter category um, because I was just I wouldn't even say it's like actively bad i was just completely bored i didn't care about anything that was happening the minions are doing all their usual you know antics and they're you know just being silly and goofy and stuff and and that's fine the kids in the theater seem to be having a blast with it but me i was just bored to the extent where at one point i like pretended i had to go to the bathroom just so i could go play on my phone for 10 minutes in the hallway uh so i mean i haven't seen a whole lot of horrible movies this week uh, and this one i mean it's i suppose inoffensive enough it's just just boring yeah maggie and i saw this opening night because you know how the burkalas roll and uh the the theater experience was interesting uh the movie's 87 minutes long it feels so much longer and it feels so much longer i maggie maggie fell asleep and then i about i would say maybe 55 zero minutes in i looked at my phone and i was like yeah i'm done (laughs) <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, I, I'm sorry if someone is going to be upset, but I'm going to spoil Minions, The Rise of Gru here for a second. Uh, towards the end of the film, all of the main, and I think it was in the trailer, but all of the Minions turn into, like, animals. Um, mm. And one of the Minions turns into a chicken and then shoots an egg out of its ass at another uh, demon creature dragon thing. The egg then hatches... And is another baby chicken minion that helps the bigger chicken minion uh, destroy the dragon. And I questioned all of my life choices on this is what I'm doing on a Thursday night. Um, 
no one forgot that the other 10 eggs he shot out of his butt all just splattered like regular eggs so we that's just saw like true. a genocide going on there chick-fil-a <laughs> is really missing a partnership opportunity by not selling chicken yeah it was just i mean again i'm with brian that i actually like the despicable me movies um i didn't like the first minions but i I really actually really like the first two minion or the first two despicable me movies. Um, and I, I think the third one's pretty mad, but this, this was just, this, this is bad. Like it, it's, it's, it's just not good. Um, Jake, have you seen it? <laughs> um, uh, no, Absolutely. Um, I, I find it, this is probably the first time in my life where I felt, older compared to a lot of people because the whole gentle minions uh sort of wave that's sort of the come out of this movie don't even and, get me started and just the fact that all these kids that are watching it are like they were i mean i saw this on twitter but when the first minions came out you know 12 years ago they were probably like five six seven you know the target demographic for yeah. this despicable me movie um, and the fact that it's 12 years later and these guys, these people, actually, you know, girls probably watch it as well, are now going into this as teenagers, late teenagers, just, you know, maybe just about to turn 18 and 19 and all that, are watching this movie with that nostalgia for Despicable Me. That's when I just realized that there is a there is a big gap between me and everyone who's like a teenager now, because 12 years ago, I still feel like I was, you know, I just... No, I was. I just became a teenager, or I was just, you know, preteen. The fact that it's been that much time has passed, and the fact that these teenagers are watching this movie—they have nostalgia for Despicable Me—is just a concept that I just never thought would happen. And now I realize that I'm an old man. Yeah, I'm sorry, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I have no intention of watching this. I did not watch Minions or Despicable Me Three. I will not watch them unless I, in the years to come, become. A, uh, a parent and will watch these with my kid. That's the only reason I could see myself watching this movies. Unless someone like decides to use the a Minions movie for for tour or it becomes a fandom category. Uh, don't do that, Tim. But well, yeah, no, that's not happening. Sorry, Spence. And the thing that sucks is that like Illumination, like the animation, is really top notch. Like the movie looks fantastic. It's just like. They're just wasting their time. Uh, Scott, have you seen this? I know you're a big Minions fan. I was curious about it for like half a second because the soundtrack weirdly has a lot of my favorite artists covering 70 songs. But then I remembered, number one, I am 27 years old and don't have a child. Um, And number two, that I can just listen to Phoebe Bridger singing Goodbye to Love on Spotify over and over again and don't actually have to watch the movie to to do that. That, 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 That is true. All right, um, Michael, did you talk about this? Uh, I didn't, but I have two things. One question for Brian: uh, Did your son wear a suit? Absolutely not. How no, old is your son? Did. How old is he? Uh, he's thirteen now, and even he was like on the high edge of for it. I was about to say, yeah, that that's that's pushing it, yeah. Mm. Uh, and like Scott already feels on enough going to a concert where he's like a grandpa. So it's not surprising that he doesn't want to go. That's true. Take that I into a when I went that one. So like, yeah, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> really? Oh, um, Jake, sure. let's go to you. Your least favorite movie log this week. I haven't really watched like what I consider to be like a bad movie or like a terrible movie, but I did watch this one mediocre movie and 
I'm a big fan of the podcast Blank Check, as I'm sure everyone probably knows. I say this all the time. Um, and they, uh, well, I'm going back and watching all the other Ang Lee's movies. Um, and specifically one I hadn't seen that I was very curious about was um, Taking Woodstock uh, from 2009. Um, this is, it's about the, uh, the 1969 Woodstock um, concert that happened in New York. Um, I can't remember what the name of the uh, West, I'm trying to remember what the name of the, uh, the town is i can't even remember um doesn't matter um but basically it's about this uh this guy who it, uh, helps his family uh, with a with um, a motel and they're kind of you know they need the money uh their parents his parents they're, they're very jewish um his mom played by imelda stoughton from uh vera drake and the order of the phoenix harry potter movie uh, is very much a like typical a uh, Russian Jewish mother of of everything's cheap and just that character is very um it's very Jewish and um, it's, it's very the family has a lot of um like the culture um and basically he realizes that well a way to make money I can have this music festival and then you know someone from New York is like well I have all this land let's um let's host a, a concert and it turns into Woodstock and there are hundreds and thousands of people going to this uh, concert, all these hippies, and it's kind of about this, This, I guess, it's kind of a coming-of-age story in the sense of this um, guy um, becoming, becoming a person, and he uh, has sort of a... Um, realizing that he can live his life on his own without helping his parents, and kind of him, you know, coming of age, I guess, and... What you would think the movie is about is the concert itself. Um, the movie is everything but the concert. You don't actually see the concert at all. Um, I believe that is an intentional choice. Um, James Seamus, the writer, and Ang Lee, the director, like, I think their whole idea was we're not making a movie about Woodstock, despite the title and what the movie's about. It's not a, cl a classical sort of biopic sort of structure or just what you would expect. It's more about this person and sort of the sequence of events that happened leading up to the fest, uh, to the concert. Um, it just does not have enough, it's just, it's, it's not really interesting. You don't really get a lot out of it. And when it ended, I was like, wait, did I just watch a two hour movie um, about Woodstock? Like I didn't really get a lot out of it. And I'm not really, I didn't know much about the, the, the festival itself and it just, like, I was kind of looking forward to just kind of learning about it, and it's just not what they wanted to do, and I just was like, eh. Um, I do think there's one great sequence when uh, he goes to the festival, or he tries to, and he meets up with a, a hippie couple, one's played by Paul Dano, and they give him LSD, and I thought the whole him actually, you know, going, having the experience that you would on LSD looked visually interesting, the way everything sort of started to move and he started seeing lights. And uh, I thought that was like handled well done. I've never done LSD, but I thought that it looked very accurate to what it would be like to be on LSD. The the visuals I thought was uh, really, really cool. Um, just yeah, watch Star just, Trek, the motion picture. For a few, yeah, that is, my, oh, 2001. Um, but uh yeah i just it's not a film that i you, you get really much out of and if you're looking for a movie about you know woodstock festival it's not about that at all it's just a lot of planning and i didn't think he would do it but angley 
did the um, the stylistic choice of the split screen uh, multiple times. I thought he stopped doing that after Hulk, and he did that multiple times throughout the movie of and then you see one camera go this way and another camera go this way, and you see like like just two sort of like conversations happen at the same time, and it's very chaotic. And I think he did that because a documentary about Woodstock did that. Um, but yeah, um, oh, just one more last thing I'll say is that it's very similar to just the, the 2014 Godzilla movie in that when Godzilla is about to fight someone, a fighter monster, it just cuts out and then you see the end of it. Jesus. It's very similar to that in that, oh, it's about the Woodstock concert. You want to see it? Oh, no, you missed it. And then it just ends. <laughs> um, I've never seen this. I remember when it came out, didn't care. I don't really like Ang Lee that much. I like Brokeback. I have, uh, I have uh, some love for Hulk. Uh, Crouching Tiger is good. Everything else, not the biggest fan of. Uh, although, on uh, Scott's recommendation, I did buy Gemini Man. Uh, I'm gonna read. Yeah. I, I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater, yeah, and I didn't like it. But Scott convinced me to give it another chance, so I'm gonna rewatch that. But good no, movie. I haven't. I, I have not seen this, uh, and I don't plan to anytime soon. Brian. Uh, I have Gemini Man in a 3D Blu-ray. I had to import. It looks really good. Anyway. <laughs> I, bought, I bought the 4K. So I'm... <laughs> um, I have not seen this. Honestly, I don't know if I ever knew it was Ang Lee. If I did, I forgot that it was him. Um, but it's, he's not a director who I really have, have feelings either way about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the, the cast. There's a lot of people in there I like, but uh, it sounds like it's one worth passing on. Also, to be fair, I have not seen Sense and Sensibility, which I hear is also good, but I have not seen that yet. Eat, drink, man, woman. Uh, uh, Scott. Yeah, Eat, drink, man, woman, Sense and Sensibility, and The Ice Storm is like one of the greatest three movie <laughs> runs that any director has had. Um, I love Ang Lee. I actually considered bringing him up for the second part of the show, but maybe just because he you know, recently hasn't been on as much of a hot streak but i this is one i haven't seen um i do want to catch up with it just so i can complete his filmography but um yeah it doesn't sound like it's a winner all right uh michael uh, i'll always be appreciative of this movie for one specific reason uh that happened in 2018 but other than that i haven't seen it yeah did you get a question about it uh it helped in uh the fucking <laughs> Big picture versus killer chemistry. Uh, first. Oh, the title match. Yeah. Oh, was it, it was their five pointer, right? That they missed. Uh, it was their three pointer. Oh, the three, three that that um, Luca missed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair yeah. enough. Uh, Scott, your, your least favorite movie along yeah. this week. Uh, so again, I didn't watch that many movies, but after I got back on Saturday, I did go to the theater and see where the crawdads sing. I was really looking forward to this movie. Um, I read the book, um, which was a huge bestseller, at least here in the States it was, um, a few years ago. Taylor Swift came out with a song for this movie that was really good. So, you know, that got me going. And then, you know, Daisy Edgar Jones, I really like her. Um, Normal People is like one of my favorite things ever. And she's, you know, one of the leads of that. And um, so I was excited about this movie. I was really looking forward to it. It just doesn't work. Um, and in retrospect, I won't get into it too much because, you know, you have to read the book to, like, understand some of the stuff. But in retrospect, I don't think the book maybe lends itself well as well to a film as I had hoped. If anything, you know, maybe it should have been a miniseries. Like, I hate saying that because I still want, you know, a lot of movies to get made. And 
books to be adapted into movies. But it seems like that's the route that a lot are going down nowadays and maybe would have been better for this because the stuff that they have to prioritize to make something more cinematic and like get it over with in two hours is not the most interesting stuff in the story. And the rest of it goes by the wayside. And also some of the appeal of the book, a lot of the appeal of the book is just like the natural environment and how that is written because it's takes place in a marsh in North Carolina. And the writer of the book was a naturalist for like 40 years. So she, you know, her descriptions and everything of the environment are like really beautiful and actually very like thematically important to the story as well. And you just don't get any of that in a movie. Like they do some very half-baked voiceover, but they don't even really stick with it. I think Daisy Edgar Jones is about the only good thing in the movie. I think she lends herself well to the character. She has like an innocence about her that really works for, yeah, the Marsh girl, which is the character. But there, there's just, you know, it, it just doesn't work. You know, it's partially a courtroom drama too because the character's accused of murder. David Strathairn plays like the most cliche defense attorney characters, like a defense attorney character. And the movie also has the thing I hate in courtroom scenes, which is the canned crowd noise whenever something happens, like dramatic during the trial. It's like, you know, in the, from, the, from the back of the courtroom. It's so stupid. I hate it. It's like putting a Wilhelm scream in a movie. Like it honestly is. It's so lazy. Um, so it's just not very good. The book is, is solid. I, I don't like love the book. I don't think it's amazing, but the book is actually quite good. I would just read that. I would skip the movie. I think, this was Reese Witherspoon just being like, oh, look, this movie made a lot of, or this book made a lot of money, or, you know, it was really popular. We're got to make it into something, which seems to be her brand nowadays. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that happened. Um, I plan on watching this. I'm going to go see it. Um, I, I had the option to see this or Pause of Fury. Um, I, 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 I chose Pause of Fury. Uh, I'm, but I am going to, and it was mostly due to time. Pause of Fury was about 30 minutes shorter than this film. So <laughs> I had to make a quick decision. Uh, I am going to see it. The only thing that I, I knew that it was based off a book and that it was Reese Witherspoon and stuff. I actually asked, uh, cause I think my, my mother-in-law had read it and she was telling me that there's actually some like kind of like borderline like creepy weird stuff that like happens and that it wouldn't translate that well and now that you're telling me it didn't translate that well to film like i'm i'm and, and i've seen the reviews that all the reviews are just like mm -hmm. really really bad so uh i'm i'm gonna watch it not super looking forward to it but i do like daisy edgar jones that's her name right mm -hmm. i i the only thing i've seen her in is fresh and i mm -hmm. i really liked her in that movie so um I'm going to watch it, but I don't have high hopes for it at this point. Brian, did you get a chance to see this? I did not. I, I had never heard of the book, but when I saw the trailer, I was kind of unimpressed by it. It was the kind of thing where I was like, you know, if I, you know, I'm looking for a movie to watch and I've already seen everything else, maybe I'll check it out one of these days. Uh, but then I haven't heard anything good about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, the reviews have been bad. And, and I don't usually let reviews sway me, yeah. um, my opinion on movies. But if I'm already on the fence about seeing something and I'm not hearing anything good, I, I don't know if it's one I'll have to bother seeing. Uh, Jake, are you going to watch this? Uh, fuck no. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the trailer. I mean, I've seen the trailer multiple times just from going to the cinema and, you know, they play the trailers and all that. Um, but when I went and saw Top Gun Maverick, they played the trailer. But it sounds mm -hmm. like... That may be the stupidest title I've ever heard for a movie. Now I understand that I, it's based on the book, and that's the title of the book. Um, I mean, the crawdad sing just is like I just I have no interest in like 
you know, you want to be hooked on a movie, you want to be like sold on it, but with a title like that, it just makes me have no interest in seeing it. Um, if they change it to Swamp, uh, but sorry, I was about to say Swamp Girl, Swamp and Marsh, very different. If they call that Marsh Girl, I would be like, okay, I see what the movie's like, but like, no, I, the Crawdads, and I don't care about if they sing and where they live. Um, yeah, Michael, uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I will see it. Uh, there's a Twitter thread about like someone discovering like crawdad crawdads are actually like crayfish and so like they don't sing um so it's hilarious um also the story of the author of the book is uh kind of crazy and i recommend yeah. everyone go check it out i'll be back in like four minutes i'm just gonna go let someone in because they have like a tv so I'll be, I'll be right back yeah no you're good basically basically she's a suspect in a murder like a real life murder the author and that kind of like so. inspired to write this oh i don't know it, it's possible but Okay. All right. Uh, well, since we have a, a decent amount of people watching at this moment while we head into the main part of the show here, I'm just going to say real quick, next week we are going to be doing movie pets. Uh, that's a full panel, so we already have full panel for that. But uh, keep a lookout this week for the poll for the next month for August's uh, movie of the month and for the list of topics. Uh, we're going to get that out to you guys this week, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we are running a little long, but that's okay. Let's get into it, um, and we'll kind of I, – I, I'm not going to say rush through the main part, but we're going to give you our thoughts, and we're going we're gonna to get it going. And because Michael walked away, Brian, we are going to start with you. So, Brian, why don't you kick it off? And he's not here to judge you, so you go ahead. You say what you want. And uh, so give us your director. Uh, but give us one uh, film to kind of put on screen as like the one that you uh, want as like on the list. Oh, well, that'll be easy. The first director I'm working on. Well, I considered many, you know, like, the you know, there's lots of great directors working Spielberg, Tarantino, Fincher, whatever. And and they're all still working today, obviously. But I chose for myself that I wanted to kind of highlight some some of the directors who maybe aren't quite at that, you know, legendary level yet. Um, and I'm so I'm going with one who 100% of his filmography has been spectacular, wonderful movie so far, and that's because he only has one so far. Um, it's James Samuel in The Harder They Fall. Um, this is a guy now I know he only has one film, so I can't I don't know if I can call him one of the best directors working today, but I will say he's uh one of the like new directors that I'm most excited about in, in years that has come out. Um, it's J E Y M E S, I don't know if you care. Uh, it spells it weird. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll fix it in a second. Uh, but so, so the heart of the falls movie that got released on Netflix. Um, it's basically, uh, to sum it up shortly, it's basically a black Western essentially is how you want to refer to it. Um, but this is a movie that is so original in its style, in its tone, in its look and everything about it. It just oozes cool. It's so much fun. It's been compared a lot to, to Quentin Tarantino, which I guess he has like the same kind of dialogue and the same kind of monologues that people have in this movie. And it's, it's definitely got its ultra violence, things like that. But even though, even with those comparisons to Tarantino, which are accurate, especially for this movie, he just definitely has a, his own unique kind of voice and style and swagger to this movie. And I'm so excited to see, you know, kind of what he's doing next. If you haven't seen the heart of they fall, I mean, it's got this spectacular cast. Um, it's Jonathan Majors, the main character. It's got Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, R.J. Seiler, DeWanda Wise, and so many more people are in this movie. Um, the only other thing he has like listed as credited for is uh, called uh, They Die by Dawn, I think it's called, uh, which is basically just a short a short version of the same movie. He made it like, it's like it's 50 minutes long. 
Um, it's clearly low budget. It's a short, but and it's not nearly as good as this. But you can tell it's kind of like you know, kind of a test run for his story, and then expand it into this film. Um, but this is a director who I'm really excited to see. You know where he goes from here. Uh, he's so unique. The next movie he has um, lined up. Uh, he's doing one called The Book of Clarence, which apparently takes place in biblical times and will star Lakeith Stanfield as Clarence. I'm curious to see what that is. And apparently he's also been signed to do, um, oh, I forgot the name of him. I think it's like, uh, I won't remember the name of it. There's, there's a, a, some comic book movie, uh, comic books called like uh, Irredeemable and there's a sequel to it. But it's basically kind of an R-rated comic book kind of thing, like, you know, with the boys and all these things. Uh, it's a superhero who decides that, you know, fuck the world. He decides to instead try and destroy all humanity. And there's a villain who then kind of rises to become kind of the hero. So it's kind of like the live-action Megamind, uh, <laughs> the R-rated version. Um, but I, but regardless of all that, it's just somebody who I'm really excited to see what he can do next. He also does it all. He composes all his own scores. Uh, the music in that movie is phenomenal, both the songs and the scores. So if you have not seen it, absolutely go check it out. Uh, it's on Netflix, The Heart of They Fall. I have not seen it. I've only heard excellent things about it. Um, it was one of the big misses that I have from 2021. And part of that is it was on Netflix. And that's not, again, I watch Netflix movies. But when I try to keep up with everything that's coming to theaters, and this didn't play anywhere near me. It just kind of fell to the wayside. It came out around Thanksgiving when there were a ton of movies coming out. So, um, and then it didn't get any Oscar love. And again, so, this is not yeah. one that looks like a Netflix movie. I think I said in my last review that I would have paid to see this in theaters multiple yeah. times. It's, it looks great. I, I've only heard good things. I will watch it eventually. I just haven't gotten there yet. Jake, uh, your thoughts on this movie? Uh, I've not seen it. Um, I do really want to. Um, funny enough, my dad has seen this movie, um, which is like, as I was saying, he watches Red Notice and the Fast and Furious movies. So the fact that he had seen this before me is uh, kind of interesting. Um, but I do want to watch this. Um, it does sound like something I could uh, enjoy and like. Um, I do like that Jonathan Majors is becoming sort of like the next big uh, guy, especially now that he's going to be in the MCU. And I love him in uh, The Five Bloods. But yeah, I've just got to find the the time to watch this and also just remember that this movie exists and I could just watch it when I, when I want to, because I keep forgetting that this is a movie that's on my watch list that I would like to watch. Um, but I will get to it eventually. Hopefully. Uh, Scott. Yeah, this movie was fantastic. Uh, really took me by surprise when I watched it last year. I wish I could have seen it on a big screen. Honestly, it's a shame that it was a Netflix movie um, and wasn't showing anywhere near me at least. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I did get some Tarantino vibes from it, but like, yeah, it was cool to see it applied in this setting, especially like with it being a black Western. Again, I think he just has a ton of style and the, you know, the, the final action climax, it's, you know, pretty prolonged, but um, it's, you know, really thrilling and um, exciting. Um, and this, yeah, he's, he's like a friend of Jay-Z's and like a music producer and songwriter and stuff. So like he, that's the reason I think he was able to attract such a, you know, huge cast for this mm -hmm. first movie. Um, but it bodes well for him in the future. Yeah, I heard about that biblical movie he's doing as well, and I'm really curious about that because I think we haven't had a good like biblical epic in a while, and I feel like he's the type of guy who can really um, liven it up so that we don't get another like Noah or whatever the Ridley Scott <laughs> one was, Exodus, Gods and Kings. I just rewatched re Exodus. And that was, I think that Danny was Boy was making a biblical epic um, about Meth Methuselah. Um, I he believe. could definitely leaven it up as well. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, Michael, have you seen this? Uh, I've sort of the same as you, Tim. Just, yeah, haven't seen it, and it's just sort of got lost in the shuffle. But I, like, always wanted to see it, just haven't. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Michael, why don't you give us your first pick? Uh, okay, I'll get the big dog out of the way. Um, I'll go... How did uh, how do we how do do we say the director first? So the director and then pick one movie for them yeah. to um, represent. I'll go uh, PTA, uh, the goat himself. Um, uh, fuck, I actually didn't think of that one. I'll just go. I'll go. What is my new favorite PTA film? Which is Punch Drunk Love. Um, yeah, I really love this movie. Like I sort of, I had always liked it, and then a recent rewatch of it last year just i just fell in love with it that in a way that i had never done before and boogie nice is always like my number one um i think that's just because like it was my first pta i ever saw when i was like 14 which is like you know <laughs> you know just 14 you're watching Boogie nights like fuck yeah like this is the life um and so i always have a very sentimental sort of view of boogie nights but it is sort of his most mainstream in a way and that it's just very like it's sort of like the sort of like a biopic basically it's the way it's structured with uh and then punch drunk love it's adam sandler who i really really love and it's just adam sandler being very sort of neurotic um he has these sort of rage bursts of rage that i think everyone can relate to even though they don't necessarily like grab a hammer or like break a window you just sort of get like like fuck like these people like just I know I mean you want to snap but like you know it's real life so you don't really um and the way it just it feels like you just he just can never like get a break there's always something going on whether like his sisters these people from Utah like and so on and so on uh Cody see you just yeah this is this is why we left the first order this is actually no we the first order (laughs) was the fun but let's let's not say things we uh, regret you know what i mean like let's, let's not say less um yeah like in this movie it just it keeps sort of like it's like this weight it just keeps going and going and going until you just sort of he does finally snap and it's one of the most cathartic feelings i think um i've ever felt watching a movie um just the general production of the film where you know a PTA movie when you see it straight up, even like Licorice Pizza, the opening sort of uh, scene is just this long take and it's like, like buckle in. And that's sort of the genius of PTA where it's movies are so original. They're so incredible. And like John Bryan's score, particularly in Punch Drunk Love is basically, I just found out like that's sort of what got him the job for Lady Bird because Greta Gerwig really loved the score and was like, I need that guy. Um, so yeah, this movie is great and PTA is great. And they're out of any director, whoever announces the next project, like PTA is going to be the one where it's be like, okay, because that's what I'm most excited for. I think I have six, five stars from my PTA, which, and then Licorice Peter is like four and a half. Um, so his hit rate is just incredible. I could rewatch. I, mean, I have a book that Adam Neiman rate, wrote um so yeah it's just incredible yeah i know i'm a big fan of this i'm kind of in the opposite of michael though where like this was my favorite for the longest time and then i actually switched over to uh to boogie nights uh boogie nights is probably my favorite but 
Uh, the hit rate on him for me as well is huge. Uh, Licorice Pizza, Punch Drunk Love, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, The Master. They're all five-star movies to me. Um, and then uh, the ones that don't hit as hard, like There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, um, Inherent Vice, Hard Eight. They're all four-star movies. So, like, I... There's not a movie he's made that I don't like. Um, weirdly enough, though, I don't hold him in like the. Uh, I get I get excited every time a new one comes, and I'm 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 always looking forward to them. And uh, Licorice Pizza, especially, kind of hit in a way that I was I was very happy with. Um, but I don't I don't like sit here like waiting for the next PTA movie like some other people do. So while I would consider him one of my favorite directors, I love all of his movies. For some reason, I don't just sit here like waiting, uh, like I do with some other people, like a like a Scorsese or a Fincher, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, no, but uh, great pick, absolutely. Uh, Brian, what about you? Yeah, Paul uh, Thomas Anderson is not for me, and and that this is well known. Um, I, again, most of his movies I don't actively hate; they're just I not my kind of style of thing licorice pizza i tried to watch because i heard raves and they got nominated for best picture turn that off after about a half an hour um but again it's it's just a matter of taste jake your concise feelings uh yeah uh, paul thomas anderson is cinema um i love paul thomas anderson i would have picked him and i knew michael was going to pick him um uh, I, yeah, he's just he's great. I'm I have five uh, five rated uh, five star rated movies. Um, I think thank you, Payson. Uh, Magnolia is now my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Now, for the longest time, it was The Master. Um, but it's funny enough, uh, Punch Trunk Love, The Master, and uh, Magnolia are in my top 20 favorite films of all time. I just no one, no one in all of my top 100 has like a track record like PTA, uh, because he's just he just makes just great movies. Um, I We'll say that Punch Drunk Love was the first PTA film I ever watched. Um, weirdly enough, that was just the one that kind of just was like, okay, I'm going to get into this guy. I'm going to watch this one. And I just love Adam Sandler, uh, his performance in this. Like when when we did the uh, 2000s Oscar edition for Wireless um, a few months back, I had uh, him as my winner for this movie um, in Best Actor. And I just think that he is just phenomenal. Like, um, and he, you know, he's made a bunch of terrible Netflix movie buzz. If just give him the right director and the right character, and he can, he can go ten for ten as far as the performance goes. You're not including QB um, Halloween in that group, are you? Uh, I, that's for me to know and you to find out. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Scott. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm doing Brian's strategy also of of uh, just picking more underrated directors, um, not necessarily like the big names or the people you'd expect me to pick. Otherwise, you know, this is one of my five or six favorite directors of all time. I mean, um, you know, everybody's mentioned all the movies. I don't have any of his movies lower than four stars. I don't think Punch Drunk Love's not even one of my favorites, but I still really like it. But like, you know, Boogie Nights, Licorice Pizza are both like in my top 50 movies of all time. And Magnolia, There Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, they're all close. Okay, uh, I'll go next. Um, again, I don't think this is... I, I think people are starting to consider this uh, guy one of the all-time... Or not maybe all-times, but just like really looking at him. Um, and I, I think he gets a lot of respect, but also like I think there are some people who are starting to get like off the hype train on him. 
I'm fully on board, and that's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, I'm picking mm-hmm. Prisoners as the one to kind of highlight. It's my favorite Villeneuve film. Um, I just I don't think the guys really missed. And I, to be fair, I haven't seen the first couple of his foreign language films. Um, the the only foreign language one that I've seen um, is. Um, and now I can't even remember the name. Incendies. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I watched that earlier this year. Really enjoyed that. But every other film, all of his American stuff that I've seen, um, I really, really love. Um, I think that Enemy is super underrated. Arrival, obviously, is great. I love Blade Runner 40, 2049. Um, and obviously, Dune this last year was like, I, I love Dune so much. I'm so excited for Dune Part 2. Um, and I just, I, I love all of his movie. I don't, I don't know, Sicario was the other one uh, that I just... Just really, really love it. But Prisoners for me was like, I remember seeing Prisoners in the theater and just thinking that it was just like on another level. And then uh, when I just kind of dug deeper and every time that I've seen a new film of his, um, because now I've gotten to see all of his, all of these ones, Prisoners on in the theater, um, I just think he's so supremely talented. And when I think of like, when I was thinking about stuff for this topic, I, I, I could easily pick Scorsese. He's my favorite director. He's got a movie coming out this year. Uh, I, I love him and I love his movies. But when I, I wasn't thinking of like people who have made one movie like Brian did, but I was thinking of people who have made a, who have made a name for themselves. They're doing well and they're making good shit. And this, this was the first one that came to mind for me. So I, I'm a huge Villeneuve fan. I can't wait to see what he does. Um, post dune i hope that um he does honestly in in a perfect world he does dune part two and then uh we he goes on to do something else and maybe hands off uh the other sequels if we get them to somebody else but um i'm really looking forward to it and i want to see him i want to see him go back to something not sci-fi like i love arrival i love blade runner i love dune uh but i want to see him do something like sicario or prisoners again because uh i think those are two excellent films so uh i will never forget the i watched sicario for the first time i did a double feature of sicario and the martian they came out on the same day and it was like the greatest night of my life Uh, (laughs) i i just had like the best time ever uh anyway um brian what are your thoughts on villeneuve um, I tend to like most of his movies. I don't love them. I think that some of them, for me, feel a little bit bloated and slow. Like I can't imagine Sicario and Martian back to back. That'd be a long night. Um, it was a long night, but it was. But long. I mean, his movies always look beautiful. I think his direction is amazing. Um, I and I really do enjoy. Like, I mean, Arrival, I really liked. Prisoners, it's just kicked my ass when I watched that one. Uh, that's that's an emotional ride right there. Um, and even like like when he gets into more blockbustery stuff like Blade Runner, it's definitely it's it's he definitely makes it feel not like a big blockbuster popcorn movie it just it feels like more of a grounded movie and more gravitas to it um again i think it, it, it was a little bloated in my eyes but i i really enjoyed uh, especially the look that he gave to that one um dune i'm dune i'm, I'm kind of i like it but i don't love it but i feel like that's a movie that after i get the full story it doesn't feel like half a movie i think i will enjoy it a lot more uh jake and i have to step away for a second so jake go scott go michael go if i'm not back uh jake go next so yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I really like Denny. Um, you know, one of my, my friend is a is the mass is the biggest uh, Denny fan I know. Um, I'll shout out Oscar. Um, so I his, his license him. plate is literally Blade Runner twenty twenty nine. Yeah, um, uh, I I never really like. He's not someone who I just consider like a favorite or a, a director who I'm just like yeah, I'm just like super into like all of his movies. I like Arrival a lot. I like Sicario a lot. Prisoners, I think, is fantastic. Um, um, Blade Runner 2049 is probably my favorite. Actually, it is my favorite. I fucking love Blade Runner 2049. Um, Dune is is one that I like, Brian. I really, really like. Um, but I don't know if I got the full experience that everyone else who loves the movie got as well. Um, and I think also just part of that, that it is half of a story that has been told and i know people there's a whole debate of oh this is a full story or not a full film and yada yada, yada we'll wait a year or so for part two um yeah but i would say that my favorite is definitely 2049 um and i think he's a he's a fantastic filmmaker and he was definitely one i considered for the um best directors working today and he's definitely someone who is now like like with james cameron and other sci-fi filmmakers i can't really think of like when he has the next project coming up and it's like he is now adapting this or it's this gigantic sci-fi epic everyone's just gonna be like yep i'm in for that and when it was announced he was making dune i feel it was the same sort of um anticipation that everyone had for 2049 so yeah i think it's a it's a really good choice and denise great yeah, definitely one of the best uh, working today. Um, I also remember going to see Prisoners in theaters. It was my freshman year at college, and I just like went by myself. And I came back, and I told like a bunch of the other dudes on my hall who lived in my uh, dorm. I was like, "Look, I know you guys don't like watch movies that much or anything, but you got to go see this movie. Like, go watch Prisoners. Trust me, you you won't regret it." And then a bunch of them went like the next weekend and they all came back and they're like, oh my God, this is the best movie I've ever seen. And I was like, I, I felt cool for like five minutes. But um, no, it was, uh, he's a great director. I love Arrival. That's probably my favorite, but Dune was amazing. Um, and yeah, 2049. Dune and 2049 are like movies where I like really don't care about the source material. Um mm. And I like I came out of the movie and I was like, holy crap! Like I didn't think that anyone could make me care about like this stuff that much. Um, but he really does. Um, yeah, he's an awesome director. Uh, yeah, I really love Denis as well. Um, Prison is is one of my least favorite Denis movies. Um, I think Jackman is kind of bad in it, and it really takes a lot nah. away from <laughs> the movie. We're not having this discussion. We have it all time. Throw it out. Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Number one we, of all time. We won't call one time, and Michael and Paul were talking about Hugh Jackman and how he's they did not like his performance, and I had to be the one to say, "Are you fucking crazy?" Uh, it's anyway. just very heavy-handed. Um, uh, Sicario is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I really like. If you just want to see Denis work, watch like the whole when they go to uh, Mexico and then they get the like the sort of prisoner and the whole chase scene up into the border and to the end of the border like that's one of the i'm hoping that'll come up uh in like the uh greatest scenes of all time series because that is like just one of the most well directed i think Cine, uh, cinefix like did a whole freaking thing about that and yeah i recommend everyone really watch that just to sort of see how Denis works um rival is sick as well um yeah he's and shout out to anime. That's actually that has some really creepy imagery as well. Um, especially if you don't like some creepy crawlies, it will fuck you up. So yeah. Yeah, that was me. 
All right. Um, let's move right along uh, to Jake. Yep. So I, I was going to do what um, I'm doing, what Scott said, like, you know, picking an up and coming filmmaker or in my case, filmmakers. Um, and I'm going with a film, a pair of a duo who made uh, two movies now, one in uh, 2016 and yeah, one this you. year. Which one? Which uh, one are you dun, going with? Dun, I'm picking the most recent movie that came out this year. It is a everything everywhere all at once directed by the Daniels. Um, that counts as, as both his picks then, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. Are, yes. No, this is bullshit. Um, I love um, Swiss Army Man. I think that was sort of you know the um, you know it's a it's a call to what it's an it's the ant- the antithesis of what Hollywood can do. I just love that you can just take you can make a movie just based entirely on creativity, and they kind of just follow through with that with um, everything everywhere um, and just. I remember finding out about the movie and just going, okay, not knowing much about it, knowing that it was the Daniels, and then the, the first trailer hit with the A24 logo and it's just with the, the googly eyes and then watching that trailer and going, okay. Uh, I, uh, funny enough, poetic, I guess you could say, it comes out less than a month or so after um, before Multiverse of Madness, two films about the multiverse. And while I do love Multiverse of Madness, shout out, the goddess that the god the maestro that is sam raimi <laughs> always always fuck that up uh i this is my favorite movie of the year so far i think what everything everything that everything everywhere does is just what i want in a movie um it's my favorite type of movie um i'm a big fan of the existential dread that we all have to suffer and face through in our lives and the fact that this film also just deals with the the, the, the antagonist of this movie her complete mindset is just nihilism and it's just there's just so many just creative fucking filmmaking going on and i just think that the daniels just have so much experience with uh with uh small budget filmmaking um they made a bunch of music videos and short films before swiss army man um they they did the um the turn down for what music video which is like everyone loves um that one of the guy on the, the in the very going down yeah. to the walls and then boobs and butts and the you know everything's just shaking and shit. It's great shit. Um, okay, Jake. I mean, you watch, you watch the music. You know what I mean. Um, but they just have. It's just like a a new a vision, a, a new style that we just. It's just great, great to see. And seeing everything everywhere in the cinema was just so much fun. And just not knowing what to expect and the creative filmmaking they have, I just think is so so fresh. And I just like PTA, like when when it's announced what their next movie is, I'm just gonna be there day one. Yeah, I've I talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, this is my also my favorite movie of the year. Um, I, I I get some people's criticisms, like not to tip the hat too much. I know Brian isn't the, the not that he hates the movie, but just that he's not in love with it like everybody else is, and that's totally fair. Like somebody tells that to me, I understand. Like I think that there's it. it there are things about it that I would understand why someone wouldn't give this like five stars perfect movie, but I love it. It resonated with me a lot. Um, I, I think it's incredible. Um, I agree. I, I like Swiss Army Man uh, quite a bit, but I haven't seen it since it came out. I saw it in the theater and then once on Blu-ray, but I got to watch this twice in the theater and then at home with Maggie a couple weeks ago. She loved it, and now it, it's just going to be in the rotation of uh, movies I watch every year because I, I, I really enjoyed it. But you want to see more thoughts on 
uh, the movie from me. Go back a few weeks. Talked about it at some point. I don't remember when, but we did. Uh, I love it. Brian, uh, what, let's get your take. I, I actually do very much enjoy the movie. I, I, I have, you know, problems with it. I, like I, I mentioned in my review that it takes way too long to end. It seems like the last act could have been shortened quite a bit. But um, but I still enjoy the movie a lot. And I will say the directors, I absolutely uh, agree. I think that they're very exciting directors, uh, up-and-coming directors. Uh, if there's one thing I like to see, it's it's kind of new, unique kind of approaches, whether it be in, in, in the voice, in, the, in dialogue, whether it be in the, the way things are filmed. And these guys have kind of done a little bit of everything. I mean, it looks, it has a very unique look to it. It's very creative. Um, the, the, the dialogue is also very good. But just even just the stories they tackle. Because I mean, Swiss Army Man, the whole concept of Swiss Army Man is just completely off the wall, but it works. They, they, they made it work and it's a ton of fun. Um, so, you know, while I don't love their movies as much as a lot of other people do, I do uh, really like these guys, and, and it's a great, you know, new directors. I kind of watch, watch and see where they go next. Scott, what about you? I never saw Swiss Army Man because I just don't think fart jokes are funny at all. So I did not <laughs> think not, that I was just gonna like it. Well. Yeah, um, and so I do. I would not have thought that they like would have you know something interesting in them, honestly, based on that. But then they came out with this, and I was like, wow. Um, it's actually not, I don't love the movie. I really like it. Um, it's, I don't even think it's in my top 10 for the year, which I know is blasphemy, but, uh, I know that's crazy, but yeah, um, I, there, I just have a few problems with it. I think it's been a good year also, but what I will say is after watching this movie, it is very clear to me now that these guys have vision. And so for that reason, like, like Jake said it, so for that reason, I will definitely be paying attention to what they do go for going forward. Michael. Uh, yeah, I didn't love this as well. Um, I liked the idea of it. I just think uh, this movie is very exhausting. Um, it just does a lot of the same things over and over and over and over again. And so I think, like, I've only seen it once, so maybe it'll play differently on a rewatch. But I just, I don't know, it just felt like I was just watching the same thing that had already been done twice before. And so it just, it took a lot of the love I had for it away. Um, I, the visual style and the like directing is obviously really noticeable um, uh, and is good. Um, it's very obvious. Uh, they basically took from Space Jam a new legacy, the whole style of going to different universes. So, you know, like... <laughs> I'm going to say goodnight to my wife and then I hear this shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just think it has, it, they have their message, but then they just sort of hammered it and hammered it and hammered it home where the nail is already in guys. Like we can stop using the hammer. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good. I liked it. Um, but you know, I, I, and I get, I totally get why people, why people would love it, have their number one. Like there is a world in which I did too, but it just didn't quite for me. Um, also, Ultra Universe uh, where you did too. Just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, shout out to our Linux for using the Google eyes, by the way. Thank yes, you. thank you. Love that they did that. All right, uh, Scott, let's go to you. So I think we'd be remiss if a female filmmaker did not get mentioned tonight because I think this is maybe the best time. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I was thinking about our actors draft that we did where not a single uh, we got picked. But um, anyway, uh, because I think this is maybe like the best time in film history for female directors. Like there's so many 
um, great up and coming directors. Obviously, the last two best director winners at the Oscars have been female uh, directors. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great time. There were a lot of people I could have picked. Obviously, there's one obvious one I think people expect me to pick. However, I'm not going to pick Greta. I'm going to pick um, an underrated director, um, I think, which is Marielle Heller. Um, and the movie I'm picking to represent her is her most recent movie, which is A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Great. Um, I think she's a really, really strong director um, who doesn't get enough attention. Her first movie was an indie called uh, The Diary of a Teenage Girl, which I thought was quite good. Um, and then I think she stepped it up. My favorite of her movies is her second movie, which is Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I thought was an incredible movie, one of the best movies of 2018. The performances that she was able to get, performance she was able to get out of Melissa McCarthy, who I think should have won the Oscar that year, um, was something I would have never expected that any director could do. And and she, she in general, she's just like very patient with that story. Um, you know, doesn't sort of sensationalize it or anything. She really like looks at uh, these people and, you know, looks deeply into them in a way that I think is very compelling and that a lot of directors wouldn't do. But then, yeah, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is such an impressive movie to me because you would expect this to be the standard biopic. And I think biopics right now are, are one of the most stale genres. Like, I think people are really running out of ways to make a biopic that is interesting. And this absolutely was one. Um, the Some of the stylistic choices she made, like the little uh, model, of basically, of, of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood that you see throughout the movie and, like, certain actions yeah like it gets it's basically they're like playing with this model and it's a really creative way to um you know tell the story in certain places it's a very quiet movie which again you would not expect which but which i think is true to the ethos of mr rogers and even the decision to tell the story from um the perspective of the reporter of the other the secondary character i thought was a really smart thing to do because it really gives us a nice audience surrogate and again, not something that a lot of directors would do and a reason why I think a lot of biopics just feel like Wikipedia entries. Um, so I think this is such an impressive calling card for her as a director because she took a big movie, you know, an Oscar caliber movie in a genre that she could have easily phoned it in um, and gave us a movie that I think people weren't expecting. Some people may not have liked it because, you know, they were it was unexpected but which to me was so much more compelling than I would have ever expected that like a biopic about Mr. Rogers could have been. Um, so I'm really looking forward to her stuff going forward. Her next movie is called like Night Bitch or something. It's a horror movie uh, with Amy Adams where she thinks that she's a dog, um, which sounds Let's like it's going to be fucking gold. Yeah, yeah, that's so, I, don't, I don't need to hear anymore. <laughs> we're going to get to see some versatility from her, which I'm really excited about. Also, She's an actress. If you watch The Queen's Gambit, she plays um, she plays Beth's mom in The Queen's Gambit. So, what? Really? Um, wow. Yeah, Shit. She's multi-talented, but I think she's a phenomenal director. Okay. I did not know that. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I was a big fan of this movie. I, I like the way they did this because it didn't just feel like a cheap uh, stylized version of the documentary that had come out the year before, Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is also very, very good. Um, but yeah, this movie's really good. I was really surprised by this one because I, I, it, when the trailers were coming out, I'm like, okay, 
Tom Hanks is playing Mr. Rogers and her bio. Yeah. But like, it just felt like it was going to be what Scott was talking about of like, um, like Bohemian Rhapsody, respect, like all of these like biopics that we've been getting recently were like, they're good performances and they look good, but they're just stale and boring. And this one was anything but. I agree. I really enjoyed this. I forgot that she did this. Um, I did like Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, I didn't I didn't love it. I agree that Melissa McCarthy was great. Did did Richard E. Grant win the Oscar for that or am I misremembering? No, he, he was, was nominated, but he lost to um Mahershala. Mahershala Ali, yeah. For Green Book. Oh, for Green I was like, that wasn't the same yeah. as Moonlight. I forgot <laughs> about Green Book. About Green Book uh, yeah. You know, uh, sure. uh, Most people I, I like Green Book, but um yeah, no, this this is a great movie. I, I'm a big fan of this movie. Don't laugh at me, Michael. Fuck off. Uh, and uh, I'm allowed to like what I like. Paul Oyama can suck it. Um, anyway, so I'm a big fan of this movie. I thought that... Um, remind me again the name of the main actor who plays the kind of the Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese. I thought he was really, really good in this. I really enjoyed his performance. Um, I will uh, always be there for uh, Chris Cooper in a movie uh, ever since he uh, wrapped it up in the Muppets, a uh, big fan. Uh, so I'm, I'm always there to see him in a movie. And I just, yeah, I thought this was a really good way to tell this story. So great pick. Um, really, really good pick. Not one that I thought of. Uh, Brian, or actually, Michael, we'll go to you. Uh, yeah, I've already seen this once. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, Matthew Riggs, I thought was the best part of the movie. Like the tension he has and sort of resisting uh, Mr. Rogers uh, is quite fascinating and really good. Other than that, I raised it once when it came out, and I don't really remember too much. Um, but yeah, shout out to Chris Cooper as well. Like he isn't this where he has like track suits on? He's got like like chains and stuff as well, where he looks like kind of gangster. Or... No, he's Maybe. like he's like dying. He's like Matthew yeah. Reese's <laughs> dying. Father. I swear, he, I swear, he but, rolls up earlier. Michael, film, you were thinking of like, Little Women, where he does that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's he's the, also, yeah, he is in that as well, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Brian, now we'll go to you. <laughs> uh, I have not seen A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. The only one I've oh. seen of hers is Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I thought was I thought was fine. It was it was good. Um, nothing great. I will say I, I much prefer her acting uh, uh, credentials, which include Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, and MacGruber and Queen's Gambit. So. <laughs> uh, I Jay. like the, the fact that Meltzer had, like, I didn't know that yeah, she's yeah, married right. to Woody Allen's guy. MacGruber. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep it short. I um, unfortunately have never seen any of her movies. Um, I know that's blasphemous. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I just, it just hasn't really appealed to me as far as like her movies goes. I, I never really grew up with Mr. Rogers and the Can You Ever Forgive Me just was one of the Oscar films that just, that slipped past me. Um, I will probably get to some of her movies uh, eventually, but I just have no sudden interest to, to, to watch them. So. Okay. Sounds good um let's bump back up to brian uh for my second pick now now i'm the reason that we were talking in earlier in the chat about is it best or is it favorite um you said go whichever way you want so i'm definitely leaning more into favorite for my second director because people are going to really push back if i tried to call him best um and that is shane black now shane now this is shane black when he's doing his own material um when he's not his, picking the predator no, no, I'm going with nice guys. <laughs> okay, got it. Good. So, so Shane Black, obviously, I've like I've loved as a writer for years. I just love his style of comedy and his kind kind of dry wit and sarcasm and stuff. It's just perfect for my for my level of comedy. Um, 
And when he started directing films, he came out with his first film was Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was just this um, amazing, great movie, which kind of mixed the noir with the comedy, assembles this great cast who really knows they really fit with his kind of his kind of dialogue. He found all the right people for it. I thought it was beautifully filmed, too. And it really worked up. The problem is from there on, he's been very hit and miss because he gets recruited to these franchise films, whether it be Iron Man 3 or the uh, most recently The Predator, which you can really tell the parts of those movies that are Shane Black, that he like had some creative control over, whether it be, you know, certain lines of dialogue or certain scenes or th certain things that happen. But those are very much hands-on studio dictating. This is what the story is. This is where you have to go with it, this kind of thing. And so those don't really succeed for most people. Um, I still enjoy both of those to a certain extent, mostly because of Shane Black's contributions. But then in, when he finally gets to do his own thing again, which uh, the nice guys I think is his best film because like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's just he he assembles this cast who just fits perfectly with his 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 style. Um, again, he, he has a great look to it. It creates the seventies. It's it's it mixes humor, mixes action, mixes drama. Um, he has a great use of music in his movies, um, and he's just somebody who I'm very excited to watch and see what he does when he's not doing his franchise thing right now. I mean, he's one of those directors who's been like kind of attached to a lot of projects that never materialized. Um, right now, he has several kind of in the works but none of them are big big franchises or anything there's one he's reteaming robert downey jr um doing another movie uh it's based on loosely based on books by donald westlake who is the same author whose characters were like uh payback and, and parker which was uh Jason Statham. No, those kind of characters it's, it's that character but this is so loosely based on that but to have him and robert downey jr together again and just doing kind of a whether it be a crime noir comedy kind of thing, I think it's going to be back in his element. And so this is somebody who, for me, is, I'm not going to call him one of the best directors working today, because he's not. But for me and the kind of movies that I enjoy, he is one of my favorite directors working today. No, and that favorite is best to you. I think that totally adds up and makes sense. So <clears throat> um, I really, really like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Nice Guys. Um, I have come to appreciate certain filmmaking aspects of Iron Man 3 um, and what they were going for. But as a diehard MCU fan, um, I, I don't love the movie. Uh, but I, there are things about it, the Shane Black stuff about it, I, I, can, I can admit that I enjoy. Um, I just wish it was not Iron Man 3. I wish it was like Metal, metal Man. The That's movie. right, the asterisk of when he's um, doing his own material. <laughs> yeah, so like I think I think of the movie like literally if it was called like Metal Man the movie three, and it was not <laughs> it was that. it was not Iron Man. I I would like the movie a lot more, and I know that's really Protocol. fucking fucking stupid of me as as a as a fan of something, but that's how I feel. Uh, so I can't change that. But uh, and and I really like the action scenes in the Predator. Um, it's now a fandom film, and I've had to rewatch it a couple times, and I've. I enjoy the action sequences that I think they're helmed really good. And I, I think the, uh, the, vi the visuals are all good. The, the, the story is ass and the acting is terrible and the um, it, it's, it's, it's rough in that sense, but um, no, I'm, I, I will go to whatever he makes next. I'm interested in it just based on the nice guys and kiss, kiss, bang, bang alone. Uh, Jake. Um, I like Shane Black a lot um, as a writer and as a filmmaker. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is one of my all-time favorite movies ever. Uh, did you know that if you looked up it, the word idiot in the dictionary, you would find the definition of the word idiot? Um, it's just one of the greatest 
uh, word dialogue play in in Shane Black's movies, and or when he's does the Russian roulette and accidentally kills the guy, eight percent chance. Um, yeah, I just think he's a great writer, and when he's working with you know the material that, or even just like you know the genre that he's he's so well known for, um, crime films, like he's he's one of the best. Um, yeah, the Predator fucking sucked. I will say I laughed out loud when the one guy jumped into the engine on the ship um just because it's like yeah i'll do it and they jumped in the engine i just thought that was the funniest thing i'd ever seen um yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do next um the what you said brian does sound interesting um and he's teaming up with rdj that sounds cool um yeah i mean it'll be i just want to see the nice guys too or i want to see just that type of movie the franchise stuff is not necessarily my thing um i like iron man 3 i guess um the predator is not great but yeah i mean i also just think that you can pick whoever you want and you can as long as you make a good argument for it you can say he's the best director working today and i feel that's absolutely fair i'm not yeah. saying that but okay <laughs> i'm saying that for you uh scott yeah i watched a lot of shane black movies when i played brian to match didn't help but i enjoyed most of the movies um yeah I, you know when he when he said shane black i thought oh this is kind of a sorkin thing or actually like him more as a writer uh, than a director but then thinking about his movies like i haven't seen the predator the other three i really like to be honest with you um and, and, and the nice guys i love um but yeah i i totally want a sequel that nice guys and logan lucky are the two movies that need a sequel that like i would kill to have a sequel to those movies um, that's fair and yeah so i that's one of the only mainstream comedies from like the last decade that i really love so um, it's a solid pick. I mean, I, again, I don't think he's one of the best either, but he's far, far from one of the worst. So. Michael. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen The Predator, but I also really liked his other three, and Nice Guys is one of my all-time favorites as well. Um, yeah, shout out to and Gary Rice. He sort of discovered her, and now she's had a, she's Australian. She's really great at The Nice Guys and has gone on, and hopefully she'll have a good career because, you know, need more Australians in Hollywood. Um but yeah, the nice guy is like, it's just really fucking great. Like there's nothing to say, really to say any, anything else to say about it because sometimes a good movie is a good movie. And he he does add a really great flair to it with like, and he gets the period uh, right with the 70s. Sort of he is very much suited to the 70s. Um, yeah, like he knew exactly what he was doing with uh and the genre of the nice guys and sort of that noir like, along with kiss kiss bang bang and yeah it's really fucking great movie man oh uh, yeah yeah all right um michael we'll go to you next yeah uh so i have to uh adjust my strategy a bit because i didn't realize people were doing like underrated now i don't want to be the guy to be you can like, do whatever you want <laughs> do whatever um, you want yeah uh, I mean, sort of this guy is one of my favorites, but and he does have a movie coming out this year, so it sort of is appropriate. I'll go with Hirokazu Koreeda and I'll choose his movie Shoplifters. Um, that is one of my favorite movies. Um, the, the opening scene is just incredibly well directed. It's, I like it, is sort of like there's hardly any dialogue but it just tells you so much about the characters and the world in which they live in, um, where they have to sort of uh, shoplift. They they do the tip titular shoplift. Um, uh, yeah, and it, I really love movies where, because Coriator, he 
can be criticized sometimes as being a bit saccharine and I do get that with some of his movies um it's very sort of warm um and they they feel like a big hug a lot of the times but shoplift is it's it's in the genre of movies where like it's the family it's sort of the adopted family where they're not obviously related and they sort of come to rally around each other and there is a sort of shift that happens in the middle of the movie that I'm not going to really say much about that sort of knocked me on my ass and just sort of took this movie from like loving it to like, oh, like this will, I've now sought out like a lot of other movies from Coriator because of this. And it's just fucking well done, man. Like he's, it's, he's got a movie coming out called Broker this year with Song Kang Ho, which I'm so excited for. Um, so yeah, anyone is curious in sort of Japanese cinema and just, he has coming of age stuff. He has like, there's a movie called After the Storm where it's about sort of, it's a very much a family drama where the father and the his like divorced wife get sort of shut in at a house, their mother's house uh, overnight with their son because of a storm. And then it's obviously like a lot of sort of feelings and sort of come from that. And yeah, there's a couple others. Um, some of them are hard to find. Some of them, a lot of like the sort of the 2010 stuff is a bit easier to find. Um, but yeah, I recommend it. He's got The Truth, which is sort of like, I think that was his first English language film with like Ethan Hawke, um, which is really good as well. So yeah, that's my choice. Oh, my second choice. Um, people know this. I've said it on a lot of shows. I, I struggle to get into foreign language. Uh, most of the ones that I have seen are ones that I've been told are going to be really good. I try to watch the ones that are nominated for best pick or for best uh, foreign language every year. So I, 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 I see a few every year. Uh, I'm so glad I saw this one. I got to see this in the theater um, and it was incredible. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it wasn't my uh, favorite of the um, foreign language films from that year. My favorite was the, I believe it was the German choice, Never Look Away. Uh, that one was the one that... Uh, Did Cold War win? Cold War Roma. was the following year. Roma won. Uh, they Roma both won. 2018, but Roma That's was... Right, yeah. Roma was 2018, Cold War was the following year, I think, right? No, Cold, Cold was War was the same well. year. Yeah. Cold War was 18 as well? Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, Never Look Away was the one that I, I really... Oh yeah, comparison. Duh. Yeah, duh. Um, but yeah, so Never Look Away was the one that I really loved, but this one I, I really liked as well. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I don't remember much about it other than yeah, like like as as you were describing it, I, like it was coming back to me, but I just I remember really, really, really enjoying it when I saw it in the theater. So I think it's on Hulu, I wanna say. I feel like I remember seeing it on there, but I could be wrong. Um it's definitely worth watching. I would like to see some of his other films and the, the, just the small amount of information you gave us about his new one. I'm interested. So yeah. Uh, Brian, have you seen this? Uh, no, I, I haven't seen any movies uh, by this director, although I've heard nothing but good things about shoplifters. And I also, I want to say it's Paulo Yama, but especially I know, but from several Probably. people, but I was talking about afterlife was saying that was a very good one as well. So those yeah, are ones I want to check out. One of his, sure. Yeah. That's one of his first, one of his first big ones. Yeah. All right, uh, Jake. Uh, I have unfortunately not seen Shoplifters or any of films from this director. Um, that's just because I have not gone to it yet and will eventually, hopefully. Shoplifters, Shoplifters on uh, Prime, by the way. Jake. Prime. Oh, sorry. sweet. 
Yeah, I'll I'll definitely um check that. I know this America, one, but that's true. This definitely did win the Palm d'Or, right, uh, Scott? Do you, you remember? I shoplifters. Yes, I think so. Yeah, because that's sort of like, yeah. That's when it got on my radar. That's when I found out about it. Um, yeah, I do want to watch this. I just it's a matter of when I will. Um, you know, there's a lot of movies that everyone you know try, want, wants to watch, and season three to episodes it. of The Mentalist. You gotta do. I'm <laughs> not watching The Mentalist anymore. That was that was twenty. That was the end of 2021 for me. I, I not many that. people talk about Simon Baker's cameo in Shoplifters, though. To be fair, uh, that's yeah. Well, as the Mentalist, yeah, as, um, Patrick Jane. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to this eventually. When when Michael like forces me to watch it, like he did with um, Burning and uh, some others that I can't remember. I don't know. He wants me to watch Nitrum, but I'll, I'll get to that first before I get the shot. Well, you should fucking watch that. It's about like the I will, biggest it's the plot after massacre in Australia that <laughs> is the reason why we don't have guns here. But yeah, I will definitely get to it. But I will watch Shoplifters eventually. So. All right, <laughs> must be nice. Scott. You had one mad shoot, mass shooting, and now you don't have guns. Um, <laughs> anyway, Shoplifters. Uh, unfortunately, ashamedly, I haven't seen any of. Coriator's movies either. I really want to watch Shoplifters. I have for a couple of years. I just haven't ever got to it. And I really want to watch Afterlife too because I've heard it very much influenced um, Nine Days, which was a movie last year that I really loved. So um, I will definitely cross one of his off the list before the end of the year. Okay. Um, we are going to go to... Is it me now? I think we're on to me. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, it was me, yeah. but you can go. For no, no, no. It was Tim because then he had to leave, and then Remy said, "Oh, that's right, yeah, 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 Jake." Okay, so um, like it, it really it matters, Jake. It, it, right. God, it it fucking matters. Um, I'm gonna go, <laughs> and mine is gonna be um, a, an up and coming. I guess you could say, like, uh, he's he's made three films. Oh. Um. His third film came out this year. I absolutely loved it. Um, it stars somebody that uh, Scott. Uh, I'm sorry that I have to have to bring this up tonight, mm. but I'm gonna bring it up. And I'm I, I, I'm um, I'm talking about Robert Eggers, Robert Eggers, yeah, uh, and yeah. the Northman. Um, primarily because um, and, and, and I'm picking the Northman, even though it's not my favorite film of his. I still like The Witch the best. Um, I think The Witch is a perfect horror movie. Um, if you even want to call it a horror movie, I don't know if I would even really consider it a horror movie. Um, and I just, I absolutely love that film. And then the lighthouse, I really, really enjoyed. I didn't, it didn't quite hit like the five star status that the, the witch did for me, but I really liked it. I thought Willem Dafoe and Pattinson were great in it. And then the Northman, um, again, it's probably my second favorite film of his under, but I, I've only seen it twice, but I like it. I liked it more the second time. So I, I plan on watching it again soon and seeing if it can kind of break that, that four star into the five star for me, because I really, really enjoyed it. And this is still a movie that like from all the reports, isn't really what he even fully was going to unleash <laughs> upon us. Uh, the studio still had a lot of stuff that they, that they required cuts and whatnot. And this movie is still pretty crazy. Um, I'm just a really, really big fan of the style that this guy brings to his movies and like the, um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like the overall look of all of his films. Aesthetic. Just like, aesthetic yeah. is a great word. Thank you. That, that populates all of his films. I just, I really, really enjoy. And I think that, um, he always gets really great performances out of all of his actors. Um, 
I I like Alexander Skarsgård uh, in in a lot of stuff, and I thought that he was used really well in the Northmen. Um, Anya Taylor Joy obviously is a, a goddess walking among us, and I'm so sorry, Scott. Like I I she's not walking among us anymore. Yeah, I couldn't I I couldn't I couldn't retweet as a married man. I couldn't retweet any of that stuff, <laughs> but I was I was with you. Um, and yeah, no, I just. I think she's amazing. I thought Nicole Kidman was really great in the movie. Um, I don't remember the the name of the actor who plays his uncle, but he he was fantastic. Yeah, just really, really good shit from beginning to end in The Northman. And um, I wish I had seen it more another time in the theater. I got to see it right when it came out and then not again until Blu-ray. But um, I really, really loved it. It came out like right around the same time as everything everywhere and so both of these were like fighting as like the which one do i kind of like more and i had to choose on which one to see a second time and i went with everything everywhere um i'm glad i did i think at the end of the day i like that one more but overall i just really like where eggers is going um in his career i like that he's kind of cultivating like a community of actors for his films too like they're not in a ton of the movie but like there are actors from the witch like the guy who played the father he's in a scene here and the mother she's in a scene in the northman too and it's just like kind of having like that type of community and he just seems like a cool dude and like i liked that he said like that he has no interest in making a movie that takes place like in present day it's just like not something he's like just into natural lighting i love that like i think that's fucking cool like and so his movies aren't for everybody and i totally get that um if somebody were to say they didn't like any of these three movies, I would be like, yes, I took you valid, totally understand. Uh, but they really work for me. And he's quickly become one of those directors that I, I will watch anything he touches. I honestly, if men had been as good as the, as ex machina and um, annihilation, I probably would have gone with Alex Garland, but men was such a letdown for me that Eggers kind of swooped in. He's three for three for me. Um, and so, yeah, that that's kind of where uh, I'm going with this. So uh, let's go to Brian. What do you think about uh, Eggers? Um, I'm not a huge fan of Eggers. Uh, the Witch, I didn't really like at all. Uh, I did not see The Lighthouse, but I did see The Northman. And actually, I did enjoy The Northman quite a bit. I mean, I, I, it's clearly a little bit, it's the closest thing he's done to like a mainstream film. It still definitely has that kind of indie, you know, spirit and feel to it. Um, but I, I like the performances. I love the look of the film. I, I do think that he has a great eye when it comes to filming. He's a good director in that sense. Um, and I'm really curious to see, I believe he's doing an upcoming Nosferatu movie, I think, isn't he? He has two things on his is list upcoming, and that's one of them. Oh, okay. Um, that, that was when I was curious. When I first heard about that, I was curious. He, to that, that he has something there. else coming up, and but that I think that is on the list as something he's got going on. Yeah. Um, Jake. Um, yeah, I really like Eggers. Um, I wish I could say I love him. Like he's one of the filmmakers where I'm just like absolutely adore him. I'm waiting for like that one movie that he makes where I just go, okay, I just it clicks with me, and I just like get him because um, I really do. I like the witch for what it is. I love. I think I love. I really love the lighthouse. I guess. Um, I think in my review for the Northman, I said that it was my that the Northman was my favorite of Vegas. But I think in thinking about it and giving it some time, I think the lighthouse is definitely like 
my favorite. Just that's the movie that kind of like speaks to me more. Um, but I do really like The Northman, and I think I talked about The Northman on an earlier episode of Logged It because we we've I, talked about it before, yeah. Because I definitely remember saying that I just did not expect Eggers to make a ninety million dollar, yeah, big that's budget right. Hollywood um, movie um, like this. Um, you can tell you can totally see where the budget went to. Like I don't know if it's just certain filmmakers or studios who just don't know where to put the money in for movies, um, but this is a $90 million movie. Like you could just see every set mattered is on the screen. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely just one of those filmmakers who has his aesthetic, he has his um, his style, and also just like, even just the stories that he wants to tell. Like, as we were saying, like, he doesn't want to make a movie that's that takes place in modern society. He wants to tell movies that take place way into the past and looking at sort of the um, societies and how, you know, how things were different. Um, you know, this is his earliest movie that he's made so far, and I look forward to seeing him make something in you know, ten thousand BC. You know, like he can do whatever he wants. He has such a an attention to detail when he makes his like period epics. So, or just period as long in as, as long as he doesn't touch the classic ten thousand BC. Like I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> mammoths and pyramids and shit. Yeah, yeah, come on, man. I saw that shit in the theater, uh, Scott. Of course you did. Um, I think people compare him to. Ari Aster a lot nowadays. Uh, I think I slightly lean Ari, Team Ari Aster, but I still really appreciate Eggers. Um, the Witch is still my favorite as well. Um, I thought The Northman was sick, though. There's just nobody that's making movies like him, and no. that's not that's something true. you can say about a lot of directors, so I really respect the hell out of that. Michael? Yeah, uh, this is a great choice for like this list in terms of not only has he got quality, he's also very early into his career, and hopefully he continues on doing great things. Uh, the Witch is still my favorite as well. I actually haven't seen The Lighthouse for some reason. I went to go see it, but there was like pouring down rain in Brisbane because it wasn't playing anywhere here, and then I didn't get to see it, and then I was like, I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. And now it's on. Now I just haven't watched it, but I need to see that. Northman is great. Fun, weird story. The night I saw The Northman... And I was going to bed, right? I think I was a bit sick. And I had like nightmares because the if if everyone knows the scene of like we're also in Dune where he does like the throat singing, that was literally like giving me nightmares because I was less like, fuck, like what is happening? Like there's just it was really weird, like how both of those moves and it was just stuck in my brain and I was having nightmares about like these weird throat singing dudes well i <laughs> yeah it's really weird <laughs> um, uh, but yeah i really love like these mythology stories and the whole icelandic and nordic culture i should say is uh really fascinating and yeah it was just fucking sick i guess it's great um shout out to the witch that's uh really great yeah all right uh, Jake, let's go to you for your second pick. Uh, so I picked the Daniels because I found they were upcoming filmmakers and I wanted to kind of, for my second pick, go more established. Um, I wanted to go, you know, hand in hand, pick pick two different type of filmmakers for this, uh, this, uh, this theme. And I would, I feel like I, I sh would, it would be blasphemous for me not to pick um, my boy Inari too. Uh, so I am going to pick him. And I'm picking what I think is his best movie and undoubtedly my favorite movie of his, and which is Birdman. 
Um, it is not my favorite movie ever. Uh, believe it. I've changed my top 100. I it's Donnie Darko is now my favorite, but it is still in my top five favorite movies ever. Boy, do we have a tweet to show you? That was to right, Scott. Oh, this, yeah, yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to send a tweet to you later, Jay. Okay. Um, I just he is a filmmaker that. I just can't wait for whatever like he's the number one filmmaker for me where wh when a project is announced what he's doing next i am just like that is all of my intention and the fact that for over a year now i've been looking forward to the, his movie Bard bardo but yeah bardo which is it's also got a long title uh, i will look at that in a sec um yeah. scott um <laughs> he just he tells stories that i just love and characters that i really like connect with and gravitate towards um i just think that bird birdman and that film is about the human ego and sort of the, the meta narrative that that movie has i just think it's really really uh really really cool um and then the, the year later he makes oh thank you for putting the full title in that's that's awesome okay <laughs> um and then just the fact that he follows that year up with the revenant and wins another best director oscar and that movie very similar to in in uh, in in context with the, the Northmen of just giving Inuritu more money to make this giant historical epic of tale of revenge, um, and how that movie just looks so visually like amazing. Um, I think that is the most gorgeous looking movie of all time, and the fact that I've had to wait what's it now seven seven ish years now for yeah. for another Inuritu movie is just like I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm I'm. I'm just. I just want to. I just want to know what he's going to do next. Because Abado is a bit. Is what the on Letterbox is a documentary filmmaker who goes who goes back to Mexico and you know, experiences his whole life and that sort of like themes that I'm sure Inarritu has tackled with before. But I just think he him as a filmmaker, he both works as just a visually interesting filmmaker and also just the stories that he tells because he's also a writer on all of his movies. And I just look forward to just him as he's like in my top five favorite filmmakers ever, and he's just. The fact that he's making another movie just has me so excited. Like, I think he is one of those filmmakers everyone should be excited for. Um, yeah, I've only seen Birdman and uh, The Revenant. No, that's not true. I've seen uh, – he did Babel, right? Yeah. I've Babel. seen that. I've seen that. And I, I liked it fine. Um, it was it was a little uh, too depressed for me. Uh, but – uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. And uh, I love Birdman, though. Man, that movie has grown on me. Um, I remember when I saw it the first time, I liked it, but I didn't like love it. I went to see it because everyone was talking about it. And then um, I, I wound up seeing it, I think, like four times in the theater just because how much I liked it. Uh, every time I thought about it, I just liked it more and more. So, um, it wasn't my favorite film of 2014. I still like Whiplash more, but this is up there in my top 10 of that year. Uh, definitely like it more than The Revenant. I like The Revenant, I think it's good. Um, I don't love it. I don't think Leo deserved to win an Oscar for it. I don't think he deserved to win Best Director for it, but it's a very good movie that I like. Uh, but Birdman, yeah, it, it's the shit. It's one of those movies that every now and then I'm just like, fuck. I gotta watch Birdman. Uh, it's great. Um, so let's go to Scott. Yeah, very good director. Um, I actually haven't seen The Revenant, um, but I think my favorite is actually Amoros Paris. Actually, um, I think that movie is really, really good. If you like like Tarantino type stuff, uh, that has some some of those vibes going on, like the fractured narratives and everything. It's it's a really interesting sort of uh, anth 
anthology type movie in a way um, that I highly recommend. I think that was his first movie, but um, yeah, Birdman is really solid as well. Um, haven't seen Babylon in a long time, uh, but yeah, I'm you know I, I expected that Jake might go here, and I uh, commend the pick, Michael. Uh, Birdman, one of the most overrated movies of the 2010s. Uh, the movie should have focused on Edward Norton's character because he's the best part of the movie. Uh, so yeah, that's all I have to say. About. Uh, Brian you, you can't even write the movie correctly. Yes, yeah, so you focus on the wrong character. Yeah, anyway. uh, well, I'm either perfect for this panel because you want to have lots of different kind of tastes and points of views, or I'm just completely wrong for this panel because I do not agree with most of these people's tastes. Um, this is another one of those. I mean, Birdman, I saw one time when it first hit theaters. I haven't seen it again since. It was fine for me. Um, the Revenant, uh, I saw and. I actually enjoyed it. It's, it's, you know, I do think it got a little bit too much praise, but I think that it, it was well-directed. I think it looked great. Um, and the, the other ones, most of them I haven't seen. The ones I have seen, I don't really remember very well. All right. All right, Scott, close us out for the list. What do you got? All right. I will close this out with a basic Scott Harvey pick. Um, I'm going to choose one of my guys, Sean Baker. Uh, with my final pick and I'll choose the Florida project um, to represent him. Um, you know, not a lot of people know this about Sean Baker, but he's actually been making movies since like 2004. I think we think of him as like a, you know, rising star and on some level he is, but he's actually like 50 something years old. And like, again, he's been making movies for uh, almost 20 years. Now, a lot of his early movies are still hard to find. So I don't, I haven't actually seen anything before Tangerine. I think um, Starlet is like on Tubi or something, but um, but yeah, I mean, the, based on the strength of his last three films, like he's easily one of the best directors working right now. Um, Tangerine is such an interesting movie, and uh, I mean, really, all three of the movies, what he's found in each doing is picture, you know, taking these like corners of American life that don't ever get depicted, these communities of people, these places that don't ever get put on screen and just like shining a light on them and just not telling overly complicated stories, just kind of saying, here's what life is like for these people in these, you know, communities. And um, again, with Tangerine, it was like transgender people in LA with the Florida Project. It was these people living in a motel on the edge of Disney World, Disney World and, you know, were uh, living in poverty basically week to week. And with Red Rocket, again, it was kind of these um, people who are poverty stricken, but in a different way, looking at sort of this one guy who takes advantage of that. Um, and I think all three of them are just brilliant movies. Um, you know, the Florida Project's in my top 15 of all time. Um, it's just, there are a few movies that just like make me feel every emotion like that movie does. Um, and my favorite thing about his filmmaking style and well, something that he is very vocal about is that he never preaches or is pedantic or proselytizes about how you should feel about what is going on in the movie. He doesn't believe that that's his job as a filmmaker. He is just kind of there to, you know, stand behind the camera and depict you know, again, life as it is going on. And sure, in Red Rocket, like, you get that Mikey Saber is like a shitty dude. But I don't, what I think is so brilliant about the movie is that he never is like forcing you down that road. He just lets Mikey Saber be Mikey Saber. And eventually, the character reveals itself for being as toxic as he is. Um, I think that's a sign of a really good director that he can 
he can do that without ever seeming like he is doing that. Um, and so I, I just think he's an awesome director who's making interesting movies about interesting groups of people who don't ever get, you know, get depicted. And I can't wait to see the next corner of America that he tackles um, because I think he's like a borderline genius for some of the stuff that he's done. I haven't seen Tangerine, um, but I've heard good things. I, I need to rewatch the Florida project. I saw it when it came out, um, but I, and I thought it was just okay. Uh, I also had the, the, this uh service of watching it directly after seeing call me by your name and i was like a disaster after watching that that's my favorite movie of that year so like it it, it was kind of tough to see it right then but um i really i read rocket i loved i thought it was fantastic um and so that's by far my favorite of the two that i've seen um i agree with most of what you said i like that uh, I, I like movies where we just have like a fucking asshole on screen and it just like I think I think it agrees I agree with you where like I like how it just is slowly revealed throughout the course of the movie by watching what he does um, that he's just like a very toxic person and uh, so yeah I really like the movie I'll watch whatever he does next um, A24 needs to give him a wider release just say that mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get to see Red Rocket. In not the gonna theater. happen. But... It's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, right, like A twenty four is pumping out, you know, a lot of <sighs> movies, and uh, the ones that they're choosing to go super wide um, versus some of the other ones that aren't confuses me. The fact that mm-hmm. I have to drive two hours to see Marcel is fucking stupid. A twenty four, please help. But then Midsummer can go everywhere. Like, please fucking kill me. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I hate Midsummer. So, yeah, uh, so uh, let's go to Michael. What did you think, or what do you think of Sean Baker? Uh, I've only seen Red Rocket actually. Uh, for some reason, I just haven't seen the others. But I really want to and need to. Uh, I love love Red Rocket. Um, Simon Rex gives like one of the best performances for the last five years. I think um, the way he shoots it in such like a naturalistic way where no one, it's not like he's making them ugly. He's just shooting them like they're just normal people and he doesn't, yeah, he's not like judging anyone or anything. And the, yeah, I can't really talk about Florida Project, um, but yeah, Red Rocket is fucking great. Um, so yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, the only one of these I've seen is is Red Rocket. Um, and even that one I was not all that in love with. Uh, I mean, they're A24 films. You know me. This is this is nothing. That's right. Uh, Jake. Um, I really like Sean Baker. Funnily enough, the only one I haven't seen of his most recent movies, the only one I haven't seen is The Florida Project. Um, I should. It's my boy Defoe. I'm sorry. I and it's on. It's on. I'm streaming now. That was probably the reason why I've just been waiting so long. Is that it just hasn't been available for me. Um, but I do want to watch, and I will get to it uh, hopefully soon. Hopefully this year. In fact, I I bet it will be this year. I'll watch this movie. Um, I saw Tendering back in like 2016 when it had, like kind of came out, and I thought that movie was great. Um, that was sort of the first sort of movie to kind of push the idea of you could just shoot your movie on an iPhone. And now Soderbergh has just taken that and every movie after Unsaint is just a shot on an iPhone. So, you know, I, I find that commendable that Baker was sort of the first one to kind of do that for a, a live action movie, for a, like a feature-length movie. 
Um, I thought Red Rocket's like fantastic. Um, that character uh, of Mikey Saber is one of my favorites of like the last five years. Um, Simon Rex should have won the Oscar for Best Actor. He's at least my winner. Um, he, I, in my review for Red Rocket, I said that he's like the guy who's just mastered like the human trash uh, subgenre. And I don't know if I'm just being mean by that, but like he, the characters are very trashy. And not just them, the characters, but just the settings and the locations and sort of just the uh, the feel of his movies. Um, I do want, I can't wait to see what he does next, um, whether it is he's working with A24 again or he just makes something else that's just he's completely in, completely out of left field. I saw him in a trailer for something. Uh, he's going to be in this movie with Diane Keaton where there's this like you're talking about simon rex yeah not, not Sean. oh yeah i'm talking about simon rex yes oh, yeah, I, yeah. oh I thought you said i thought you were still talking about saber being yeah simon rex is going to be a shaman in this movie with diane keaton where she like is like an old basically a younger woman goes into like a goes to see Simon Rex and is like, I want to be 70 years old or something. And, and yeah. he turns her into Diane oh, Keaton. It, looks, yeah, it's, it, looks wild. It, it doesn't look that good, honestly. No. That's oh, okay. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, speaking of Simon Rex, um, the, I didn't realize I had seen the movie with him before Red Rocket. Um, uh, Michael will know. Um, he, and Brian, um, he played the Human Torch in Superhero, superhero Movie. Um, yes. Shout out well, you, you've seen a scary movie. He's also in some of the later scary I, movies. Okay. Yeah. I think, I've not seen the scary movies. That's why I don't really um, oh, think oh. of Really? Simon Rex and other movies, wow. yeah. That seems like um, right they don't reality. look good. Ah, well, we'll see. When he like pulls the hood up and it looks like a KKK thing, like I, oh, yeah, that's God. fucking. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> right, it's great. <laughs> so, uh, I want to thank everybody for being on here. A little long. We are going to still do the movie of the month real quick uh, because I do want to get everybody's take on the movie of the month. So we are going to be talking about After Hours. So, Michael, why don't you kick us off? Give us your quick uh, review and your star rating. Uh, first thing, what is the longest episode of Long Bit? I believe it will be this. Prior to this, I believe it was the um, uh, the uh, movies we wish we saw in the theater. Thank you, Jake. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I love you, buddy. I, I watched After Hours like a month and a half ago when I was like deathly sick. Um, it was like 3 a.m. I was like, this is the perfect time to watch it. So I watched it. It's really good. I think the movie comes to like a screeching halt. Uh, in the third act when he goes to a club and that, that scene just honestly took me out of it a bit. If that whole part wasn't in there, I think I would really, really love this, but sick movie. Fuck. Yeah. Like I love this type of genre of movies um, where it just keeps cascading into everything. So and I'll give it four stars. Four stars. Okay. Uh, Brian. Yeah, I just watched this. I, I swear I'd seen this one before, and a couple scenes looked familiar to me, but but a lot of it didn't. So I put it down as a first time watch. Um, I think it was fine. It, it seemed like a fairly typical, like you know, eighties comedy. It's kind of that one night in you know hell trying to get home kind of thing. Um, I'm surprised it's a Scorsese movie because honestly, it felt like it could have been directed by any eighties one off film comedy director. Wow. I'd understand, but he'd already done at this point, raging bull and taxi driver and, you know, even King of comedy, if you want to talk about comedies. So, I mean, it, it, it was a fine movie. It just seems, I don't know, a little, a little beneath Scorsese for me. Um, I also don't understand that the main character is like a dick to everybody, but all these women are like, you know, taking him in and trying to help him. It's like, fuck this dude. I'm sorry. I mean, just I'll give it out three stars. Wait. 
Okay. Uh, Jake. Um, yeah, I, this is a movie that had always been on my watch list forever. Um, everyone, when, when, like, when the big movie comes out that everyone in this community, I mean, specifically talks about and like, oh, that just, this movie that, and what's great about Logged is that it, you know, it showcases movies that we all should watch. And I think After Hours is a perfect example of that. Um, I'm just glad that I finally got to it. And I'm glad this is a great excuse because it is so much fun. I really like just the character of Paul and just the idea of, yeah, I live this mundane life and I want to do something that's, you know, that's more meaningful. And, oh, what if all this chaoticness just happens that would spread out throughout a person's life just is condensed in 12 hours and just sort of the madness that sort of happens. And it's it reminded me a lot of Good Time, the, um, the Safety Brothers movie, where mm-hmm. it's just like A to B to C and just crazy shit happens, new characters introduced and just like, I just want to get here. I just want to get this. And it's just like... It's never that easy, and I really like that. And I just also just love the ending where, without going into spoilers, it just is like, yeah, it all happened, and now he just moves on. <laughs> it's just got so funny. Um, yeah, it's great. What's your star rating, Jake? Uh, four stars. Four stars. Four stars. And Scott. Yeah, I'm really glad that I finally had a reason to watch this. Um, it was really fun. Uh, you know, chaotic ride, obviously. Um, there's some great lines in there. I love when he goes to try to buy the, the train ticket or the bus ticket. And the, the guy's like, well, who would they're like, he's like, well, who would know? And the guy's like, well, I could get drunk, go to a party, tell someone. <laughs> uh, I thought that was great. Um, and uh, yeah. And the club scene maybe isn't the best, but I do love Martin Scorsese's cameo as the guy shining the spotlight. Yeah. Just like, oh. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um also, when you walk into the girl's apartment, when he walks into the girl's apartment and she's like not there the first time, and it's like, oh, she went out to the all night drugstore. Is everything okay? It's under control. Like that's the last thing you want to hear right there. It's under control. Um, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those movies where like they just try to think of what the most hilariously awful thing to happen next could be, and then that's what happens. So um, I thought it was great. I love some of Griffin Dunn's facial expressions also throughout the movie. They were perfect. Uh, four and a half stars. Okay, uh, I did just look the longest episode. Actually, it was still a Jake Marangoni episode. Uh, but it was uh, summer blockbusters, and uh, that was a let me look. That was a two hour and thirty eight minutes and forty nine seconds. So we are officially the longest oh. episode of Long. So, J- so Jake's on like the top three. Well, so yeah, actually, I'm... funny enough, I so when I think of my favorite episodes of Long It, the wish you saw in the theater episode actually comes up a lot but that was actually only two hours so like that was oh, it, it, okay. it i don't know why but i they, guess jake left we, i just made it so long because i just kept talking i'm sorry yeah. we we have a lot of two we have a lot of two tens and two fifteens but this is this is the number one baby so uh thank you for the for for you guys out there that have been watching uh we've had a pretty like decently high number for logged it all night yeah uh, so i appreciate you guys uh hanging out with us for for a few hours and talking movies um I, I'm always, you know, I don't care if the show runs four hours if we're having a good conversation. Uh, so thank you guys for being a part of it. Uh, so thank you to Michael, Jake, Scott, and Brian. Uh, next week, like I said, we are going to be back with Movie Pets. 
Uh, and then we are going to have the full list of uh, August topics for you later this week. <laughs> uh, we, we, we have something to shoot after this, so they're probably all like, yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll be back next week for Movie Pets. We'll have the full list of topics and the poll for the movie of the month coming up real soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that stuff. But uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next week and have a good one. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening.